podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm God. Whoa. Yeah. Was anyone else in here? And I'm Devonani Rao. It's a weird way to answer that question, Devonani, but thank you for being here. <laughs> and uh, boy, oh boy, it's been a while, folks, but look, we just, we're going to cram out two within a week, so that's how it comes. It ebbs and it flows, and when it flows, it flows. Pours, it rains, yes, okay, anyway. Andy, have you been? Oh, I've been fine. Oh, of course. Patreon patrons, you know how we've been. We've been talking to you all week. Uh, Other people who sometimes enjoy the show, uh, hey, welcome. Let me tell you about Descent. I appreciate it when the. (laughs) Right. Let me tell you about Descent Part 2, everybody. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, it's skippable, but it was a cliffhanger. Might as well finish it. Whoa! I'm surprised. By what? Skippable. Descent Part Two is skippable. I mean, I think Descent Part One and Part Two are skippable. I mean, I definitely had my mistakes. No, I enjoyed Part One. Part one. I like it was like it, stuck it, was, uh, it was all you know. It was moving along. It was humming along. A lot crammed into that episode, and then you sort of end up with the thing. It's a problem with cliffhangers. You know, so many balls in the air. Are you ever going to satisfactorily catch all the balls? I don't agree. I, but, uh, I, I asked the question, is, are like, you? Oh, my yeah. gosh, Andy. Yeah. What are you... Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I should dispute your 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 opening uh, salvo. Why? Why would you dispute it? It's perfect. I don't know. It's kind of what we do. No, no, no. We agree on everything. Isn't that <laughs> right, brother? <laughs> I don't know which one of us is Lord. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just oh. Two sort of ineffective lures. <laughs> Let's all just take a walk over to the Admiral's Club, everybody. <laughs> Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Matt. How do they get into the Admiral's Club? Well, it's very easy. You go to Apple Podcasts, you leave a five-star review. You can say whatever you want in that review, but if you leave five stars, you're in the Admiral's Club, and Andy May, pick out your podcast review to read on the podcast. Who's our first admittee to the Admiral's Club? It is Xifar. Great, Xifar. Sure, Jafar from Aladdin. I'm familiar. (laughs) It might be Jafar, (laughs) the way our our fans are pun crazy. Uh, And this is a titled... There are four stars. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and, uh, bizarre. Safar says, you may see five stars on this review, but that's just an effort <laughs> of my torturous interrogation. Listen and listen again if you are convinced there are five stars. I'm actually surprised. Very appropriate review, by the way. We've had this podcast and been reading reviews. I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen a there are four stars thing, but who knows? Maybe I did. I haven't. Hundreds of episodes. I would say that's an original thought so far. Thank you very much for sending that, Jafar. And uh, Jordan Marshall, Jordan Marshall, Jordan Marshall writes, uh, this is from By Worshipful Child. Wait, I'm home. so you're not, it's not from Jordan Marshall? Um, I assume it must be Jordan Marshall. 
<laughs> you really zigged and says, zigged and thought you were going to zag there. No. He says, uh, I'm home with COVID-19 caused pneumonia. Ugh. And I feel like uh, I need the slight thrill of hearing my favorite podcast host say my name out loud. S- Ooh, that means it's me. He knows I'm the one that reads the reviews. Sure, okay. <laughs> yes, finally beat him. Uh, since Alan Alda already did my voicemail, you guys are up. Uh, wow, is that cameo? Is Alan Alda doing cameos? Uh, Jordan Marshall. You think that's the only way Alan Alda would ever what? do a voicemail? <laughs> for yeah, for some guy. How is why is he doing what it? If he's a family friend. If that's fair. Um, what? But Come if, on. It, it's kind of Alan Alda's your family friend. I feel like you have enough thrills in your life. You don't need me to read this, <laughs> this thing. Uh, anyway, Jordan Marshall, Jordan, comma Marshall, Jordan Marshall in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Jordan Marshall, his lungs wet, Temba. Uh, very smart to have his name said so many times. Uh, I liked it a lot. Thank you, Jordan Marshall. That's it. Or thank you, person whose name I don't need to say because I'm not your favorite, according to Andy. <laughs> Andy, I want you to know what's that wrong, the brother. Helicopters are flying around right now because a car crashed into a U-Haul. Oh. So that's 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 my latest news for you. If anybody else needs, of, does anybody else need to need any news? I got some news for you. <laughs> You're laying it all on the car. Are you sure the car hit the the U-Haul? Well, you know, I'm just going by as described. Okay, as described by a user on what do you call this here? Store citizen. Let's go into the president circle. <laughs> I mean, it's the Tiffany drums that really make it so grand in here. It's true. I can't believe that 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 they our version of the uh, Cantina band uh, is playing that. Yeah, every, they're every live. time we walk in. That is not a pre-record. Yeah. No, those crew members are heavily committed. I mean, guys, why don't you care to care to introduce yourselves? Uh, tell us who you are. And I'm God. Oh, <laughs> and I'm Devin Onirao. Oh, wow! Good to have you guys. It's just those two that really create the magic. Uh, Andy, we're well, the president's circle. Omnipotent. So <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, if he were truly omnipotent, though, he'd know what Picard was thinking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to say, would you like to be in the president's circle? There's one way to do it. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and uh, support the podcast. And uh, by doing so, if you're in the president's circle, four podcasts every month. Can you believe it? We're talking about Enterprise, we're talking about Voyager, and uh, we're putting them out constantly. I would say, often, more than we are here. <laughs> I'd say that's, that's, that's indisputable. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, every time we record, Andy likes to pick out uh, some individuals who've contributed a delightful comment and award them a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's getting it this week, Andy? Uh, it's going to be the uh, sound that I dropped to you, um, and it's from John Weggy, uh, who is in the President's Circle, obviously, uh, but sent us uh, this delightful sound. Uh, hey, I'm a few episodes behind on the Patreon pods, but after hearing the trailer for Civilization, <laughs> I thought you guys could use a trailer for the show, Keep Up the Good Work, 
Um, oh, this is for anyone wondering. A- Civilization, of course, was an Enterprise episode we watched back in the Enterprise times, and uh, it was a bizarre. Uh, now that actually I know the name of that, I can let the audience at home who might not be subscribed. Uh, hear that civilization is an enterprise and you'll also go oh my god this is kind of why I didn't like enterprise very much Uh, (laughs) are you going to play the trailer yes so they can hear it Yeah. here it is guys it began as a mission of mercy people are dying and I can't determine why tell us what you know we might be able to help but became something more personal (laughs) there are lots of inhabited planets to see but I doubt many would be this memorable. An all-new Enterprise. We there were you go. So, I mean, I was just, you know. Delighted and baffled. It was very of the time. So of the time <laughs> that we just, we wanted more trailers like that. So, in response to that, here is a trailer John Wiggy made. It began as a podcast about Star Trek. I mean, what do you need? What do you need me to say? Stop fighting me. I think it's really cool. But became a podcast about food. The cat pie is good. Riker's eggs are bad. What's the sweet index on a sweet potato versus a pumpkin pie? Should I run a poll? It's Matt (laughs) and Andy, and his name's Devonnay. They're talking about Star Trek. At least eventually they do. <laughs> Andy, what do you need? Need a cake? What do you need? You need a pizza? That was great. <coughs> that was really great. That was well done. Really? That well done, The production John effort you put into that is the most production effort anyone's ever put into anything on the show. I don't uh, think that's true. I mean, I, look, uh, that I is unbelievably done. Nacho, where you been? Step it up. It's yeah, seriously, <laughs> bashing a lot of people who put a lot of work in. But whatever the case, definitely could not be more uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee worthy. Um, good job. I'm trying to. That was I was gonna play something. Oh, that like I wonder if that like popped into his head. Like I wonder if it was I wonder like chicken or the egg kind of thing. If he sort of got the song into his head, uh-huh. and then. Started singing Devanane Rall, da, 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 and then was it like, "Well, shit, that's funny. I should, I should really, <laughs> I should, <laughs> should do." Uh, there's a, a my son. I mean, you'll have to read the liner notes. <laughs> uh, my son watches uh, this the show called Super Wings, uh, and by watches it, I mean tolerates. Uh, some minutes of it, like four to five minutes of it. It's the only thing he watches. And there's the it's a it's a show that's animated, I believe, in Korea. And uh-huh. it is uh they play it every I mean every country. They have like so many uh it airs everywhere and, and the characters all are overdubbed by every, you know what do you call it, Andy? <laughs> Every native, um, every native tongue, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, there's one. This, but the songs are so they just, they're so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that there's there's every time these things supercharged like these. I'll I'll show Andy here, but I want everyone to hear this song that I have this thing that I have stuck in my head, and I was singing it all afternoon because my son had yeah. watched it so. 
I'm going to okay. share the screen with Andy, and you'll all maybe have this stuck in your head as well. Um, is it not? Uh, you can't see it, huh? I can see it. Oh, good. Uh, let's see. Where I need them to supercharge. Because when they supercharge, that's when the... Oh, this is it. Here we go. It kind of looks like cars. I mean, it does. Yeah, it's like... Here it is. Let's bring this up. Or does everything just look like cars now? I think any talking car with big eyes looks like cars. I guess that's fair. I've never seen cars. I heard it was meh. Do you hear it? I don't hear it. I don't hear it. This is amazing. Now I hear it. And so is this. To pump up... Oh, gosh. You know, Amazon Prime... Why are you doing me wrong? It's time for Supercharge! Oh, come on. <laughs> what is happening? Control Tower team, activate Supercharge! Ready for the song, everybody? Activate! It's got, uh, it's got two words in the song, the entire song. Real big lead up. Why? Why? why I, feel, I feel like I'm not, I'm not hearing. Oh, here it is. Sorry. <laughs> sure. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Just wandering around the house singing. Yeah, that. Why not? Oh, Why not? Oh, oh, oh. Does, it, does it get you juiced up? It it's kind it of like gets me it's like a heartbeat away from an Andrew WK song, <laughs> right? It, it does. It is. It is sort of. It's. Uh, oh my god! I'm sorry. I subjected everyone to that. You know, when they talk about Star Trek, it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the aggressions with the uh, streaming that's issues are also me. <laughs> Andy, um, what's next? <laughs> Any other president uh, circle? He, uh, you know, by the way, he was quoting a uh, a review that uh, that only gave us two star, uh, four stars, so it didn't get on. Uh, <laughs> no, it gave us two stars. <laughs> two stars. Sorry, yeah. you're right. I upgraded it. <laughs> Priority one messages ah! Is it open. I don't even remember. No, because we just open gave out up, a medal. Pal. So I mean, now I can do that. Good job, John. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. The great terrible Lizak, sorry, uh, writes. This is regarding the last episode descent. Uh, the more Bo- the more the Borg talk, the less scary they are. So true. That's that's wildly accurate. I guess that's kind of the, part of the point. Um, Lieutenant Raymond writes. Man, the upper echelons of Starfleet. Always have way too much of a genocide boner. <laughs> That's kind of true. I think that is true also. Uh, Nurse Ogawa's fifth line, parentheses, cue the music, um, <laughs> writes us, uh, at around 1.43 in the podcast, Andy asks why Picard decides to go down to the planet, leaving only a skeleton crew. The guys eventually land on it being Picard's conscience that's bothering him, but they left out the most obvious reason. Data is his best friend. <laughs> There's a bunch of oh, obviously emojis. Yeah, I mean, they talk about getting the shaft. Uh, I was playing the... For when Nurse Ogawa, obviously. To do that lately. I know, she hasn't been on. She will be. She'll be back. Anyway, uh, Hugh, you know, 
Is my friend yeah. Jordy okay in this episode? Yeah. Jordy gets no mention. Yeah. Data. Who's yeah. who's his best friend? Jordy. It, it's stated clearly at the end. Jordy is getting the shaft on Picard. It's so weird. He better be. I mean, minimally, just to just to just to address it. Yeah, like it's, you and Jordy. So like even if honestly, even if Data in Picard said, uh, "Spoiler alerts." <laughs> Whatever. Even if <laughs> even if Jordy even if Data was remembered as saying, uh you and Jordy, I always considered you and Jordy my two closest friends. Like yeah, although that that's a little clunky, but yeah. was any I of was, that not clunky in the sh- like the actual show? You were my best friend. Except for Jordy, but you know what happened to him. Dun, dun, but we dun. don't <laughs> <laughs> Well, he says that to the character and then we'll find out. Um, I'm just. I was trying to. It's like in Dark Knight, changing anything. In Frank Miller's Dark Knight, when he says, "Have you forgotten what happened to Jason Todd?" And then it was a long time before you found out what happened to Jason Todd. Um, is that accurate? Yeah, that's the way. That's what happens. And no, but like the timeline wise, when we found out, wasn't Jason Jason Todd killed in the comics? Prior to the Dark Knight, no, I think I'm pretty sure it was Frank Miller that established it. No, because it was so a, messed it up was about a contest. It. it was DC had a contest. You had to vote on whether or not they would kill Robin, the Jason Todd but, Robin. I assume that must have been after, but let me look it up. Huh? So I always had them. I mean, I didn't have them backwards, but I always thought that was first. That's interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Dark Knight uh, uh, Returns. It's Death in the Family, right? 88. Yeah. I thought Death in the Family was... Was that... Oh, yeah, it must have been. Um, I can't find any clarity on it right now. Well, all you got to do is look at what year Dark Knight Returns was released. Okay. (laughs) I think you're you're right. I think you're right. When is the thing you're saying? 88. When was it at? 88? Yeah. Oh, it definitely was. Um, eighty six. Yep. Wow. Wild. I didn't know that. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, that's some DC trivia for you. Brought to you by Andy Secunda. That's our DC corner. <laughs> There's the DC corner theme. <laughs> DC corner Superman. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Joker killed that guy, Jason Todd. <laughs> He's not really dead. Jason <laughs> Todd is to Oracle. Oh yeah, red. He's red hood. All right, that's here. <laughs> God damn it, I'm tired. Okay. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> that you don't have to apologize for, and I'll stand up for you. <laughs> Lieutenant Jerry Canavan writes us, uh, if I ever make Admiral, I'm making it a rule that an, and- if, uh, that an android gets removed from active duty the first time they are reprogrammed and single-handedly take over the ship. No exceptions. I mean, let's be honest. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. There's no arguing it. Lieutenant Trek Barnes writes, uh, I do fully love the look at the consequences uh, of I Borg. I think Nikayev is a great example of an admiral 
that is not the cliche, quote, bad, but instead is someone that has by necessity different worries. Picard's duty of care is both to his crew. Um, and the truth. And the truth. That's the first his first care. Um, and to the core ethics of the Federation, which is essentially the truth. Nikayev's duty of care is to the people of the Federation, and that's not always the same thing. I know I was coming down hard on Nikayev, but I think this is a fair point. I don't disagree. No. Do you need more of the cool in the gang? Is that going to help? A little bit. Sure. Right here, a celebration. Late tornado. To, uh, he's coming. By. So bring your good times and your laughter too. All right. <laughs> here comes Hawk and Dove. Um, I have to get to all the, the deep cut people by the end. Uh, Blake Pettit writes us, It's been so long since I saw this that I'd forgotten how much I love this two-parter. If you know anything about how television works, you know Data isn't really going to break bad, but the way Spiner plays it and the implication of having a real evil Data, not Lore, but Data himself turning evil, is suitably chilling and is probably the series' best cliff cliffhanger. What? Outside after of, Best of okay, Both Worlds. There we go. Uh, well, let's think about it, uh, because now Andy has seen all of the cliffhangers. Uh, Seriously? Well, oh, yeah, season, of course. The season cliffhangers. The season cliffhangers, yes. Um, I mean, we should have actually made more of a thingamadoo about the fact that we're at season seven. <laughs> well, I mean, we had so many plans. I mean, if, Board shows at the end of season and stuff, but not this one. Another, another Earth Wind Fire hit. Oh, wait, that was cool in the gang before. I don't know how September came on. Oh, it was the next thing in the playlist. Here we go. It's still going to be September. I quit. I quit podcasting. Thank you. I don't know what's going on over there. I, I mean, YouTube is disagreeing with me. I see. Blake Pettit adds, uh, there was a discussion about the Borg symbol that was used in Descent yes. and on the Borg action figures. Did Lore create it? It actually appears in the very first Borg episode, Q Who. When Data and Riker are exploring the Borg ship, you can barely see on it, uh, it on a panel. So Lore didn't use his design skills. He just adapted an existing symbol, even more cult-like. Wow. I mean, that's very, that's very interesting to me for some reason. Uh, I just sent you... Borg Insignia was designed by Rick Sternbach and first appeared in Q Who, created by Maurice Hurley. I created the Borg. I thought it should have a big symbol, uh, you know, so so that they could print it on their T-shirts when they went out. And on the... You know, because the the, the, the Borg are unstoppable uh, force, but also they, they have some downtime. Yeah, and they bought it. They bought it. They had it designed so they could put it on their big yachts that they they smuggle drugs in. <laughs> Worry, it's not Miami Vice. I'm sorry. Ah, whatever. It's all the same. <coughs> uh, so Jeff, funny. the human, and Maximus, the dog. Right. Uh, this episode, or you know, inter intership uh, communicate. Uh, this episode is a 10, and apparently, this is a hill I'm choosing to die on. It's 1993, I'm 11 years old and obsessed with Data. He gets emotions. Laura's back. The Hugh episode was great. Maybe his action figure will be more important now. The musical score is aw- awesome. There's no such thing as too much Borg. The captain is beaming down. Is Data really evil? And I'm always looking for an excuse to be mad at pesky Admiral Nakayev. Seriously, this silly episode takes me back every time. 10 out of 10. So say we all. And wow. however, that is strong. Uh, Lieutenant Carolyn Min- McNamara has a uh, McNamara. 
I think it's McNamara. Uh, disagrees. Says, I agree with Andy. Something is off about this episode and keeping it from being a 10 out of 10. I think it's because we've seen this plot before. Data goes cuckoo and inexplicably leaves. It's no longer a fresh idea. The, the episode starts off strong but just falls into the same old, quote, Data's acting weird. No one can control him. Tropes. Well, I mean, when Data's acting weird, he can't control himself. That's so true. That's the data difference. <laughs> and that's the data guarantee. The data difference. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Tom Bondurant writes, any inside baseball thoughts about why they put the episode title and credits in the cold open and not after the theme song? Like usual, maybe it was so they wouldn't get lost in the mad rush of plot. Um, oh, that's and interesting. Then Joel Ahrens uh, says, adds on to that, this episode finally gives me a chance to ask something I've always wanted to know with end-of-season cliffhangers. Maybe you guys can help me with this. In the case of Descent, the season ends with the season of Lore and Data confronting Picard, Jordy, and Troy. And then, spoilers, not really, the next episode picks up with the same scene straight afterwards. My question is, do the writers write out the whole rest of the scene for the actors to do, then cut, cut it at a certain point for the cliffhanger? That means the cliffhanger has been resolved, written and performed before the scene break. I was thinking about Best of Both Worlds as well and how the scene ends with Riker firing the deflector dish the Borg cube and then the new season reveals in the same scene that doesn't actually work and Picard's knowledge of ship operations and tactics saved the Borg. I guess what I'm saying is superficially you'd like to to think that the writers write themselves to a certain point then take uh, a break before they work on the resolution but it seems practically the production has to at least film the whole scene before the season ends. Inside Baseball with Matt, Andy, and Captain Cisco. Wow. The answer to this is no. Believe it or not, they don't. It's up to the script supervisor, who handles continuity, and the yep. DP, to relight everything exactly the same, and everybody else on the crew to build the same set. And they, guess what? They come back eight months later, and uh, and that's that's that that's that. It's one of the many examples in show business of them being super money conscious and yet shooting themselves in the foot and spending more money than they have to. Because if they just gave them a little bit more money to break that story and shoot that scene, they would save a lot of money (laughs) um, when they come back the next season. But they also don't want to commit to doing the next season. So they don't do it, which is dumb. Um, Mike Bazarowski uh, also adds, uh, I can't speak to this one, but for Best of Both Worlds, they didn't get have any idea what the second episode would look like when they finished the first in terms of Best of Both Worlds. This is described in Memory Alpha. The real plot for this episode had a difficult birth. Rick Berman later admitted, when we finished the first half, we had no idea what the second half would be. Uh, I'm pretty sure the boys talked about this when they covered the app. I think we did. But um, uh, that still amazes me that they had no idea. Because it's a really such a well drawn second episode with twists and turns that make organic sense. I think it's a lot of balls in the air, as Manny yeah. Cotto said. No, Renee Ashavera. I get my huh. I get my writers confused about that episode in particular. Or in general, uh, about uh, I'm sorry, Andy. I gotta. I, I can we pause for ten seconds here? Sure. Gotcha. Okay. One, two, three, four. This is not a good plan. This is too fast. Uh, it's okay. That doesn't matter. What really matters is the clapping. 
So I know, but the clapping will be the same thing. Let's go. Anyway. Let's see if we can do it. One, two, three. Oh, you're clapping on four. I thought you were going one, two, three, four, clap. The, uh, no, they go on four. <laughs> the oh, Ramones go on I four, I think. I thought you were being Andy. And, and not, okay, well, so maybe the, no, then, now that I think about it, maybe they do go on five. One, two, three, four. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. So yeah. I guess it's five. Okay, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> maybe you should leave this part in. Here we go. <laughs> I wanted to do the Ramones opening. Oh, this isn't at the beginning. It's okay. It's in the middle of it. They don't mind. One, two, three, four. Here we go. It works. I don't think that. I don't I think, think it's going to be accurate. It's too fast. How is that going? That, that was that was about as accurate as our claps have ever been. By the way. <laughs> oh, all right, great, now, Andy. <laughs> we were just talking about the season finales, and I am confused. Were you referring to you? Because you think they did it really well. Were you referring to Best of Both Worlds Part Two or Descent Part Two? I was referring to Best of Both Worlds Part Two. Gotcha. Because I believe I just read the which thing case, about. I agree. About Rick Berman saying that when we finished the first half, we had no idea what the second half would be. But, but that the, could have uh, applied to anything because it's Rick Berman. Right, certainly true. He probably like um, that's what he says at dinner. When I finished the first half of dinner, I had no idea what the second half was going to be because he does courses. I feel like Rick Berman's always sitting with a napkin right in his tucked in his collar, ready to go, silverware in hand. <laughs> it was he in press, someone who was a pat himself on the back kind of guy. No. Wow. Yeah. Why am I yelling that? Ow! <laughs> How dare you? Ah! Maurice Hurley that's, Yeah, Maurice Hurley definitely was. That's what's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Michael Piller was. I don't really, I'd like to watch some interviews with Michael Piller. Piller, uh, the late, was. great Michael Piller, I think, was so brilliantly talented and uh, such a loss to Star Trek uh, for him to go so early. Um, Can you imagine if he was in charge of the new shows? I mean, they'd be they'd be great. Not that some 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 are great, I guess. I don't know. My point is, I, we miss Michael Piller. Agreed. Um, now, Andy, what else? And we miss and we miss Ron Ronald D. Moore. We miss Ronald D. Moore uh, <laughs> and his affiliation with Star Trek. Yes, those, those <laughs> that's really that's may or may not miss. be watching uh, for all mankind. I hear it's great. You lucky Outlander it. fans. You lucky Outlander fans. You Apple TV subscribers with your at with your for all mankinds. <laughs> um, Ballot BSG is still sitting there Just waiting for you buddy Oh it is sitting I like sitting It's great <laughs> The next hail is yes. from uh, David Landau who writes So Jordy walks in on Data Just killing a species in the holodeck One after the other Says he is doing an experiment And Jordy chooses not to report it <laughs> Seems to me that if a sentient machine Who has controlled uh, who has been controlled on more than one occasion and has taken possession of, of the ship a couple of times, Broken Wharfs, um, the head of security in a Klingon arm, mm-hmm. uh, starts running programs to, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this, try and get angry by killing people yep. one after the other with psychopathic tendencies. Yep. It feels slightly irresponsible not to report to the captain and get, and get him some counseling. I feel, uh, David wrote, Beverly... Uh, and I can't tell if that's a, a Siri mistake or he was writing Beverly in a cute way. Uh, and Troy have relieved people of their duties for much lesser reasons. Um, these are, there's a, there is a strain of opinions like this. Look, Andy and I are both in agreement that if Star Trek were real, Data would have been out of Starfleet the second he took over the Enterprise to go visit Dr. Soon. It seems reasonable. Um, Lieutenant Raymond. You just can't give that guy, uh, you know, you can't trust him because he can't trust himself. 
particularly based on how easily humans are already gonna you know have I mean, a, inherently data have a bias data's programming is sound right his moral center is good but the right. problem is he doesn't have full control over his programming as was illustrated by the episode where data goes home and 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 just like takes over the enterprise yeah which is there weird for, for a guy that wrote such beautifully, uh, seemingly accurate ethical subroutines. For a guy yeah. to program that into his droid. <laughs> for a guy to go, okay, so here's right and wrong. And if I should ever hit this button, you will do whatever means necessary to come. <laughs> well, in fairness, it was Lore that did it, so maybe no, it, it took was, an no, integral. It was oh. Well, yeah, Remember, uh, right. But Lord, didn't Lord take 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 uh, control of him before that, or no? No. Oh, it was Sung. Yeah, just Sung. It was the homing thing. But like, I remember Sung didn't think that, didn't know Lore was going to be coming because he thought Lore was deactivated. No, I I'm not saying he predicted. I'm just saying did did Lore do it with superior knowledge? But even Lore kind of seems like even in this episode, like he doesn't quite have the handle on things that Sung did. Like he doesn't, you know. There's a back door where they can kind of reboot uh, data when he when they do reboot him. It's not clear, you know, uh, that that Laura sees the danger, stuff like that. Anyway, Lieutenant Raymond also adds on to uh, David's point. Uh, Please never walk in on me in the holodeck because I'll be doing some pretty terrible things out of curiosity. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Lieutenant Brandon Davis writes, I need a crew compliment breakdown for Starfleet. Matt said, a thousand officers on Enterprise. Was O'Brien the only enlisted individual? U.S. Navy averages about one officer for every 12 or enlisted sailors. Is Starfleet Academy producing all Starfleet officers, or uh, is there something similar to our ROTC programs? Did I say that? I didn't mean to say that, because I don't think that's accurate. I know there's 1,020-something crew members on the ship. I don't. I, if I said officers, that was misspeaking, and I apologize. I don't know those directed. numbers, actually. Let me look that up uh, and figure it out. But yes, that does sound extraordinarily high for one ship to have that many officers on board. Yeah. Uh... Jane Suhomsky writes, Matt and Andy, uh, Jane Suhomsky, proud member of the President Circle, though regrettably not a president. I'm sorry, Jane, you're not. Neither is anyone else in there. I would like to put a bug in your ear regarding the fast approaching day when the podcast comes to all good things. Mm -hmm. As we begin season seven together, I think it would be great if there were some kind of culminating special feature for the final episode. Maybe you could do the episode as a YouTube or an Instagram live feed. We actually do have our discord which we never do anything for it would be great to see you guys in action i was fortunate when all good things aired here in toronto there was an event at the then sky dome and some friends and i went down and watched the final episode surrounded by forty thousand ooh fellow fans including a lot of cosplayers oh my god that must have been amazing that's cool uh it was a really special event and i will honestly never forget it it would be amazing to bring our tnc family together um all right, let's do it in, in a the Sky 2021. Dome. Should we get make a call? See if the Sky Dome we can do the Sky Dome. Why don't we? <laughs> I, maybe that's maybe that's the only live event we'll ever have is the finale. Um, secondly, will we? By the time we get to that, everything should be relatively okay. Right. Well, I mean, look, long we'll time. See. We'll see. 
We'll see. Well, you can never predict. We got to get closer to that. You know, at, she our, also at says, our current rate, it could be a year and a half from now, and at our old rate, it could be three months from now. So we got to figure that out. It's a really good point. Um, and I'm reading this just because Matt doesn't read the. the I don't stuff. read. I don't read. That's my he, secret. He can't read. That's my so. secret. <laughs> Secondly, I need to thank you both for TNC. It's perfection and uh, is in its flaws. And I thoroughly enjoy every oh, episode. Nice. You have helped so many of us get through what has been a very difficult time. And for you to make me laugh out loud as often as you do is no small feat. And I enjoy your company every day on my walk as we are still in lockdown here in Ontario. And I am happily catching up on the Marveling podcast while keeping current with the new releases. Uh, live long and pros- prosper, Jane. Suhamsky. Thank you, Jane. And uh, I hope to keep you company for many episodes to come, and I hope your lockdown is brief. Uh, yes, thank you so much, Jane. And thank you to all the people who have written such nice um, things. Uh, we're, we're happy that we could be of any minor use in this difficult time. So Gene Roddenberry uh, conceived of the uh, Starfleet as composed entirely of officers during the creation of the original series. Uh, Weird. As he said, the organization was only semi-military. The enlisted men category did not exist. However, Star Trek goes through the assumption that every man, woman on board the USS Enterprise is the equivalent of a qualified astronaut, therefore an officer. That's what he said. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Roddenberry points out there is a feeling of an officer enlisted men arrangement in the script. Actually, we've avoided the terminology uh, or playing of enlisted men aboard our vessel. Every man aboard the Starship is a trained astronaut even the cooks <laughs> well that's something that doesn't seem like it was carried through does Correct. it i think that would have been interesting frankly it really surprises me when you see any of the officers that don't quite can't quite handle themselves uh the in, uh, according to a memo uh, from 1987 there is no warrant ranks uh in the star trek cast ranks memo for rick berman to bill feast the intention during tng was to have warrant ranks whereas it was stated that the chief warrant officer was described as having one black disc pip. Star Trek Encyclopedia labels the enlisted rank insignia as chief warrant officer. Section 31 pip. Fascinated. I, 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 so to that point, I cannot, I don't have an answer for, for the... Yeah. But I feel like in TOS, he referred to crewmen... Yeah, he would say crewman, but that would not be to. Uh, although I remember him saying crewman more in the movies. I can't cite a specific example in the, in the show, but I'm sure he did. Uh, and Starfleet enlisted crew person was one who had not completed the four-year Starfleet Academy course. Enlisted crewmen received basic training along with any specific courses required for their position at Starfleet Technical Services Academy on Mars before being posted. Uh other force structures, uh, Klingon, blah, blah, blah. As with command, commissioned officers, there was rank structured among the enlisted crew. The term non-commissioned officer refers specifically to enlisted personnel given authority over other personnel. In Starfleet, this refers to any petty officer or master chief. Uh, all officer The ranks, petty officer or master chief is who? Is someone who does have power over somebody else or doesn't? Yeah, so like, for instance, O'Brien can tell an ensign what to do if they're in his transporter room. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. Gotcha. Uh, All commissioned officer ranks from ensign upward uh, outrank all enlisted officers in the chain of command. 
Additionally, chief petty officers such as Miles O'Brien wielded influence far beyond their place in the rank structure due to their extensive experience and skills and act as mentors to junior enlisted and commissioned officers. Enlisted personnel may be promoted to receive a commission. Um, way to way to way to not get commissioned there, Chief O'Brien. Seriously, so so the, the suggestion is he had a certain amount of authority and was respected because of his experience, but was did not go to Starfleet Academy. Uh, that's well, he took some classes at the academy. I know mm-hmm. that from dialogue, but also you know, Chief O'Brien's rank is there's it's the stuff of legend, right? Because <laughs> he's like a lieutenant at some point, then he's not, and then you know, whatever. They were just suiting whatever the hell story they were telling. Um, now, in addition to that, yeah, so like when uh, O'Brien was over to Deep Space Nine, he's the chief of operations over there. So what that is essentially, he's the chief engineer of the of DS Nine. So he's he does have he does he's in charge of a bunch of people. So right. Anyway, that's your little rank digression. There you go. You wanted it. You got it. Um, the dude never bowls. Writes. Uh, there's a fun little story from the making of Star Trek. Four, I'm paraphrasing from memory, so forgive me if I get the details wrong. A lady in San Francisco got home late from work and parked her car on the street without seeing the no parking signs. Mm-hmm. Next day, her car was towed because of the because the crew of Star Trek Four was preparing to film the infamous nuclear vessels scene. Yep. The lady needed her car, so thinking fast, she decided to sign up as an extra in order to get some quick cash to pay, help her uh, help pay to get her car. She fast forward to the, the scene. Naval base in Sausalito. Yeah, uh, in Alameda. Uh, Fast forward to the scene, and her other extras get accosted by weirdly dressed actors asking them where they could find the nuclear vessels. Of course, the the extras were told to ignore the actors. Not ever being an extra in a film before, the lady, after being given the advice to act naturally, naturally answers, I think they're in Alameda. Um, The filmmakers like the the line. In Alameda. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, the filmmakers liked the line, so decided to keep it. So they signed her up to SAG and kept the line. She, uh, it was not a, it was not a, she didn't break the under five barrier, but, uh, she did get a line. That's amazing. And then it says she never even thought about it again, but people kept recognizing her, recognizing her in public from the movie. So she eventually watched the movie and saw herself in, in the uncredited role. A couple of decades ago, she came forward to the fans and now... Sorry, I was going to play the scene. Layla Saracalo is forever part of Star Trek lore. You can even buy autographed prints of her and Walter Koenig from the film. She even has an IMDb page, LOL. That is delightful. Tell me where the naval base is in Alameda. We're, we're looking for nuclear... Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels in Alameda. Could you tell me where... Can you, you help us? Please, we're looking for the naval base in Alameda. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are... Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay in Alameda. That's what I said. Alameda. Alameda. <laughs> there you go. What? They even gave an ad lib off of it. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's nice. Good, Good job, Koenig. Koenig. <laughs> um, by the way, very crisp. You know, this lady just sometimes at the Andy Skunda School specific acting. <laughs> You just you find it natural, you know. I, no training; it's just in their bones, you know. Now, I thought we might hear from the you, you know, the school director today, because there were a couple things in this episode that uh, I'd like to discuss with you. Oh, I look forward to it. Um, 
Lieutenant Chris Condon writes, Matt and Andy need to write a Broadway comedy. Oh, God. We had a long run. Too much. Bashing Broadway and comedies. We apologize. What do you say, buddy? All right, let's Got do enough it. on your plate? Let's, got some, got some free time? You know what's funny is, like, I just got off a of Zoom uh, with, like, about five different, five, literally five different things. Yeah. And, like, all very, all time-consuming, and I was just, like, I got off of this, and then Andy was texting me about finishing the podcast tonight, and I was like, well, what are you doing right now? It's <laughs> like, I'm sitting here anyway. Um, they sh- well, I, they, They're going to... Eventually, they're going to branch Star Trek out into Broadway, right? What about a Broadway comedy Star oh. Trek? Okay. I mean, I'm on board just to see what the sets will look like. Yeah, just have it all be on the bridge. <laughs> or maybe have, like, one be the bridge, and then it turns, and then it's, you know, a Klingon ship or a Romulan ship. Look, I yeah, leave that, that to the beautifully talented uh, set designers out there on, sure. Bro- on Broadway. Uh, that is it for the priority one messages. All right, let me close that. Uh, and by close that, I mean let's just walk out the door, shall we? Sure. We're gonna walk out the way we came in. Weirdly. <laughs> oh boy, that you can't hear it because it closed the door closed behind us. But let's keep going. Let's go. Go to leave a five star review. Walk through the lounge. What are you talking? Oh, I see. I see. We're going the long way. Got I don't it. know. Got well, of course, it. you see. You're walking right next to me. Good yeah, job, yeah, yeah. Andy. Right. Let's <laughs> open up the hailing frequencies. Seems like they removed some of the doors. Captain, in we are being hailed. <laughs> Wait, are we in the corridor yet? I yeah, can't we're see. We're in the hallway I, now. My contacts are are named. Did Dana take your visor for testing? <laughs> That's right. I have a cool visor. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't help me see. But it. Uh, um. John Harmon tweeted at us, mm-hmm. uh, Matt is definitely misremembering how serialized DS9 was. There were a lot of plot and character points that carried over seasons, and there were plenty of multi-parters, but DS9 wasn't serialized until the final nine episodes of season seven. Most of DS9 was episodic. Then I'm definitely misremembering it. You're remembering like once what you What about hit, like Eddington? I'm just, I'm talking to such a, a person good point. who cannot. Yeah, I don't remember. Who can't respond to me. Yeah. I mean, Eddington, Eddington certainly sounds like a serialized plot. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, skipping. Uh, skipping. Uh, um, you'll see why in a second. Skipping Biff Yeager spoilers. Sure. <laughs> I combined them. From Alexander Peach. Hi, uh, hello, uh, Andy and Matt. Uh, thank you for giving me top billing. Just thought I'd s- write to say I am one of those people who skip over the memory beta spoilers. I started a journey to read all the novels almost four years ago when I started university and needed something fun to distract me wow. from the economics papers and data analytics projects. Um, that's intense stuff, Alexandra. Star Trek novels were perfect because it was a universe I already knew and characters I like so very uh, easy to imagine and get lost mm-hmm. in. I graduated in December and do not start my master's program until August, so I'm hoping so it sounds this time... like you got a few months of books ahead of you. Exactly. Between I mean, school programs. Maybe give us a ranking on which ones you like best. I was just going to say, you might become our memory beta expert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You can just shoot out a, a question when we have it. Um... Anyway, uh, started my, I did not start my master's program until August, so I'm hoping this time will be 
time between school programs will let me finish the rest of the books and maybe the comics too thanks for putting out such an amazing and fun podcast thank you for thinking it's still amazing and fun we appreciate you thank you for being fooled thank you for being the person though that defied all of my expectations and actually skips yeah data section thank you for existing um descent part one wharf uh from alex i thought that was like your, I thought that was just Andy. I thought that was just your reaction, and instead of saying "woof," you said "wharf." Descent part one, wharf. <laughs> it's not the worst exclamation. <laughs> this guy was being a real wharf. Nah, it doesn't work as well. You got to do it just like. Oh, did you see? Did you see what the the dinner they made? Wharf, wharf. <laughs> um, Alex writes us. Uh, I really like that when the away team beams down, the work is really competent um oh this is about wharf he mm-hmm. analyzes the forensic evidence to determine that the wounds were caused by a quote forced plasma discharge and beats data to tell Riker that there were 230 people at the outpost nice it, good. I, i'm gonna theorize is is he more competent the farther, farther he from is ship? from yeah. the from the tactical yeah. station. <laughs> That's even. Is there some kind of brain sapping mechanism in the uh, tactical station? Um, just maybe he's hi. like fine. He's so he's so itchy always to grab that phaser that he keeps under the horseshoe. That yeah. when he finally is transported down somewhere and has a phaser on, like next to him, he right. feels more. He relaxes like, a little. Yeah, yeah. He can sort he can of like think clearly. Thinking. Yeah, not no fight or flight response constantly going off. Um, hi, Andy and Matt. Uh, there's some, a few points here from uh, Julie. Uh, one, oxygen. I was thrilled to hear the discussion about how great medical oxygen is. I suffer from cluster headaches, which is primarily treated with high doses of pure medical oxygen, meaning I get to have as much oxygen as I want whenever I want for the rest of my life. It's amazing. <laughs> it really does make you feel fully alive. i got to get myself some oxygen, Matt. Um, I'm always telling people to, to try oxygen first if they ever think about doing drugs. The high you get off oxygen is completely underrated and is much healthier than the alternatives. I mean, I, I like oxygen. it. That's firsthand knowledge right there. I'm in. Two, Gates loves cats. During the Timescape episode, Andy was excited to hear that Beverly loves cats. If you like that, then you would love Gates McFadden's cameo introduction in her About video. She offers herself up as an amateur cat psychologist. <laughs> Um, I'll send it to you. I don't care. You know, if we can. You know, <laughs> I'll send it to you. I don't care. I'm sending it to you. Except <laughs> you. Um, I let you make those calls. Uh, in her about video, she offers up oh, her, herself on, up on as camera. an amateur cat psychologist. That's so wild. I would love to hear what she thinks of Omar Little demanding that Andy open the door all the time. You can see that video by picking, clicking on her picture here. Figure might as well give uh, our old friend uh, Gates a uh, boost. Hi, I'm Gates McFadden, and I'm here to give you any shout-outs you need. Happy holidays. Uh, get well soon. Uh, I also am a very uh, bad cat psychologist, complete <laughs> fake, but it's really, really interesting, my choices about how to behave with your cat. I also can give you uh, good advice, maybe, bad advice, certainly, and I'm here to do all of it. <laughs> That's all right, very funny. Gates, good intro. Good camera Very intro. charming. I like I would it. not be that charming in mine. Um And then three, Beverly hair. Uh, I have heard you guys wonder several times why Beverly has so many different hairstyles throughout TNG. As a woman with similarly large red Viking slash Celtic hair, 
I'm here to tell you that it's nearly impossible to get that kind of hair to look the same from one day to the next, let alone <laughs> one week to the next. Any number of variables can dramatically affect the shape, volume, and texture of that kind of hair. For example, when it's washed, what product is in it, hormones, humidity levels, etc. Um, there you go. Regards, Julie. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Thank you for your game. Um, I, call it, I call it the Gates Corner. Thanks for Gates Corner. Gates Corner. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what uh, Gates' take is on Omar. I would be too. On Omar, I think you need. I think we need to like film Omar and, and get it over to her. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Power Rangers from John Chataway. Mm-hmm. Hey, Matt and Andy, I'm sure someone will point this out, but fun fact: the Borg's base in Descent is also. The Power Rangers HQ. Oh, I didn't <laughs> That show know that. was started in 93. So do you think Zordon and the Rangers moved in after the Borg left? Live long in Secunda, John Chataway. Live long in Secunda. That's nice. Love it. I like that. I don't know why that's the first time I've heard that. Although I think I would think to some degree Secunda would be the opposite of Prosper, so <laughs> Um All right. Saturday morning podcast. Uh, on the latest, oh, this is a, a good friend of ours who's constantly recommending us on Twitter uh, <laughs> or at Star Trek TNC uh, Twitter. Thank you very much, and check out their podcast. Um, on the latest app from Star Trek TNC, Matt said that he doesn't rate people on the Andy scale. Please remind. Oh, I guess this is a prime corrective. Please remind him. Hang on, hang on. Okay, sorry. I mean, if this is a prime corrective, it's a prime corrective. Time for retrospective, because truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective, because Matt and he got it wrong. Um, please remind him that he once rated Henry and gave him <laughs> 10 out of 10 Andes. That kid was the best of both worlds of babies. <laughs> That's At least part delightful. two. Henry is it was a part uh, one. You know. Constantly. How is he doing? Outdoing me with Andes. He's just getting so many Andes. He's unbearably adorable. He really is. Has he have you given him any Star Trek toys yet? Any He has uh my mom, Mary Myra, friend of the show. Um couldn't be more of a friend of the show. <laughs> Created the show in some ways. Friend of the ways. show, co creator, <laughs> co creator of the co host. Uh she got Henry a Doctor McCoy. McCoy dog. Remember this? You and I have discussed this, whether or not oh, it should yes. be dog to McCoy, which we think <laughs> it should be. That. Right. But yeah, he sleeps but he's with also that. he's also bones. So yeah, it's, he uh... sleeps with that in his uh, in his crib. So yeah, he was, uh, and my mom also got him a couple of Star Trek uh, children's books, which are cute and delightful. And I, we have read to him. Nice. So there you go. That's your answer. How much is he talking now? Not a ton. In fact, yeah. we uh, we're doing we're going to do speech therapy with him. He's uh, he, you know, he had so many like his motor skills were like off the charts, like crazy when yeah. he started walking and running and the things he can manipulate. The fact that he can like turn on and off my amplifiers and my pedal board and like <laughs> like he's very good at like observing movement, like knowing what things do once someone once he sees someone do them. Like he can turn on and off the TV. He can put on Netflix if he wants to. It's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, his, his uh, vocal, like his speech, has been has, is behind. I think because of that. So we gotta work with a speech therapist and get him going. Look, Matt, maybe he's just more of a, a podcast engineer than he is a podcast uh, host. I think you know that's okay too. I could use an engineer. Um, 
maybe maybe get him a little stuffed uh, mic. See if see if anything changes. Bo has one. Yes, does. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, Anthony Wiper also uh, in the Prime Correctives says, "I have a nitpicking Prime Corrective and possibly entry for Andy's accent corner." Matt mentions that Kirk assumes command from Decker in the motion picture and discusses this decision with Bones. This was, in fact, discussed with Scotty. And then he has a quote. Oh, uh, yeah, took her, given or taken. Yes, that's exactly right. That's a prime corrective, too. Good thing within this section. Thank you. They gave her back to me, Scotty. Gave, yep. her, uh, gave her back, sir. I doubt it was easy with yeah. that easy with Nagura. And then Kirk says in a terrible attempt at Scottish accent, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. That was that's a double shot of jingle right there. That was a prime corrective and Andy's accent corner. Animo Andy, tú puedes. It's gonna be shit. So nice. Uh, that's it for the hail bag. Uh, if you'd like to send us a hail, send it to sttncpod at gmail dot com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading. Uh, or you can join the Patreon and uh, any level you can get in our Priority One messages um, possibly get yourself a, a, a Pike Medal of Honor um, or you can reach Matt at Matt Myra on Twitter and Instagram or me at Secunda on Twitter or uh, on Instagram at Andrew Secunda uh, or you can send us a voice hail uh, I haven't gotten it's sort of tapered off and it's probably because I haven't been on it we haven't talked about it yeah 816 Trek TNC. That's it for the hailback. Frequencies closed, sir. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. It's 59 minutes into the podcast, which means it's time to talk about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just getting longer and longer, and we can't do anything about it. It's a Descent Part 2. Andy, I know Dream Lover by Mariah Carey was number one, but when the hell did this thing air? It aired on September 20th, 1993. Uh, number one song in the UK was Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. Number one movie. It was a Bruce Willis movie, Matt. Can you guess? 1993 Bruce Willis movie. Uh huh. And it wasn't Hudson Hawk. It wasn't Hudson Hawk. He was a he was a, a cop or cop adjacent. Uh, Death becomes her. Uh, no, he went. That's not, he's not cop adjacent. He was he's on oh, a boat. Oh, in the movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a striking you were distance. About his personal being. I feel like he's no cop problem. adjacent. Uh, uh, it was Striking Distance, which oh, was a poster that I had on my wall, both because I love Bruce Willis and as a joke. Both, both <laughs> sure. Um, uh, the number one book, uh, Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Events. After two years, the scientists finally leave Biosphere 2. Oh, yeah. The PC, the PC game Mist is released. That oh, is nice. it. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Mist. Thank you, Mariah. All right. Uh, it's time to talk about Descent Part two. No, it's not. It's not time to talk about that because we can't talk about anything until we check in with the chairman of the board, ladies and gentlemen. That is just <laughs> foolish on my part. <laughs> oh, my God. What an idiot. What a, what a dumb dumb. I can't believe how stupid I am. Frank Sinatra, <laughs> come on. Da, 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 da. 
time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> for Frank Sinatra, come on. All right, Andy, as, uh, what was going on with the chairman of the board? Well, from Chief Archivist Ken Molay, uh, Frank is right back where we left him at the end of season six, performing his 16-song concert show at the Desert Inn in Las Vegas. He's probably happy to be back off the road after a busy late summer tour of the U.S. that included Georgia, Illinois, New Jersey, Washington, and California. Jeez, Louise. I am such a slug compared to Frank Sinatra. We all are. Yeah. I guess the world is now. What would Frank... I bet you Frank would still be on the road even during COVID. Frank would be doing Zoom shows every day from his living room. That's true. That's that's what he would be doing. Like he'd figure out how to get the full band in there. Yeah. Uh, all right, Frank. Thank you, Andy, for Frank Sinatra. Come on. You're welcome, pal. Oh. It's an afternoon show. Oh. I'm more awake than usual. I can't stop it. Frank, Frank, slow down. Okay, thank <laughs> yeah, Leave it going the whole show. You can't stop Frank. That's the point. <laughs> uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk about the seventh season. Here it is. Season seven, TNG. Oh, my goodness. Can't believe we made it. Descent Part Two. Bend. Yeah. This is from uh, Dr. Trek's book, Larry Nevichek's Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Re- directed by Alexander Singer, written by Renee Echevarria. And here we go. With Dr. Crusher commanding the Enterprise, Picard and fellow captives Troy and LaForge hear Lore explain how their release of Hugh a year ago left a fra- faction in the Borg race in a vacuum uh, of purpose that he had now. Uh, he and the emotional data can fill. Uh, with Troy realizing that data is showing only negative feelings, so I guess she can sense them, LaForge guesses that Lore must be using that part of Dr. Soong's emotion chip that was actually intended for data as his means to control. But before LaForge can build a device to block Lore's control, he is led away by data for more of Lore's attempts to transform organic beings into full androids. Then wins a reprieve when Data's conscious kicks in. In orbit, the Borg attack forces Crusher to leave behind some more of the crew. Uh, with Riker and Worf are found by Hughes, Borg, and Hiding, who are who ditched Lore when his crude tests left them born mutilated. Meanwhile, Beverly uses metaphasic shielding and a daring plan to destroy the Borg ship in the Star's Corona. Hugh, at first bitter about seeing the being left adrift by the Enterprise, helps the group infiltrate the Borg complex. He leads a revolt, just as Lore orders Data to kill Picard. Once bested, Lore is finally deactivated by his brother, who later keeps the emotion chip intact only at LaForge's insistence. There you go. Well, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And a lot to unpack here. So let's start unpacking. Previously on, you know what happened. Here we go. Exciting conclusion. <laughs> I'm just saying. What do you think of my followers, Picard? Impressive, aren't they? I'm not particularly impressed. All you've done is teach them to enjoy killing. You were wrong, Captain. My brother and I serve a much higher purpose. Data, I can sense feelings in you. Yes. My brother has made that possible. He gave you the chip. That is like such a bizarre sort of 
um, implication yeah. in Troy's abilities. Uh, it, it's to me, it opens up such a huge like. How do our powers work? Are they biological? Are they yeah. spiritual? Are they? And also, I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this. I feel like there must have been so many different situations where theoretically it's being implied that data has some kind of emotional reaction yes so if if this is true and she's never said anything are we to assume that all of the other emotional progression was you know data was it was accurate that data never felt even the most minute thing because troy never registered it that's the implication here right Right, yeah, that's what or I'm saying. But I feel that, like that was—that's not the implication what if she of the kept show. That to herself, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. In I guess that's, like not, that's the other possibility. Not drag Is it that, out of data before he was ready. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Look, that's that'll be our headcanon. How did he do it, Data? What made you decide to come here? I am talking. Then why to make you a point right? of? I will tell you all. Yes, Andy. Why make a point of? saying she is experiencing his feelings now like it's out of the ordinary if she's experiencing because they're just so strong right now and all mean Uh they're all all your feelings are mean data yeah (laughs) you need to know you're controlling him and you've corrupted the borg you simply don't understand do you that's a lot in the show what has happened here how i found my true calling how the borg found something to believe in. I would like to learn about that. But I want Data to tell us. I told you. I will tell you what you need to know. How about that, Data? It won't even let you talk. Do not try to drive a wedge between us, Captain. I am loyal to my brother. You see, Picard? He's not your pawn anymore. I've helped him to break free. So, um... Look, Lore again, being Lore, doing his thing. <laughs> lore got a lore. Lore gonna lore. Hater's <laughs> gonna hate, and Lore gonna lore. Uh, and uh, they get taken um, away. The uh, performances are. Uh, it's, it's really great. They're really they're a little silly, but they're so entertaining to watch. Of of um yes, uh, Brent Spiner. Um, and that it's like. There's so many, there's a lot of other weird things that you're sort of, you kind of connect the dots on of like, okay, so if he's being fed like anger and sadism, that makes him sound kind of snotty and superior. <laughs> yeah. My brother is blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right, right, it's right, like, right. I don't know if I would connect that. Mm, you have a brother too, but... <laughs> He's French and stupid. Whoa, Data! (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie doopsie. Here we go. Skipping the intro, guys. Acting Captain's Log, Supplemental. The skeleton crew left on board the Enterprise is unable to help in the search for Commander Data. What if we cut back to her and it's just her surrounded by some Halloween skeletons? In the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Mr. Skeleton 3? <laughs> Anything on the scanners? <laughs> so far, the skeleton crew has learned nothing. <laughs> the planet's unusual EM field is interfering with the ship's sensors, severely limiting their effectiveness. Ensign, 
We need to modify the sensor array to filter out these EM pulses. Can you do that? Yes, sir. I, I think so. What's your name? Tate, sir. I don't think I've seen you before. I was just posted here six weeks ago. Do you have a cat? Well, Tate, I bet you never thought you'd be serving as Tate's like officer after only six weeks. No, sir, I sure didn't. I think I filtered out some of the sensor noise. I'll bring the modifications online. Good work. Rocket to Enterprise. Go ahead, Will. I can't contact the captain. It could just be interference, but I'd like to be sure. Understood. Enterprise to Captain Picard. Crusher to Picard. I'm not getting a comp signal from anyone. <laughs> That'll work. If I crush her, it'll work. Because he has the Enterprise blocked. He's got the Enterprise's comp number blocked. <laughs> I don't want to talk to these other people. One of the captain's team. Last time they checked in, they were investigating a structure in section Gamma 25. Sir, I'm picking up a vessel closing in on our location. Is it a Borg ship? It seems to match the configuration of the ship the Enterprise encountered at Oniaka 3. Red alert. How long before they're in weapons range? Uh, about 90 seconds. No, no, make that 70 seconds. Russia to transporter room three. Salazar here, sir. Start transporting the away teams off of the surface. Aye, sir. Use the transporters in the cargo bay if you have to. I want those teams up here as fast as possible. Armstrong, you and the others prepare to beam up. Aye, sir. Beverly, Worf and I will stay down here and look for the captain's team. I'm not going to leave you down there. But Worf's really good down here. We're surface. away from the ship. He's really coming to his own down here. I'm telling you. You can get back to the transwarp conduit. I think we might want to leave him on this planet. <laughs> should we just? I think we should leave him here <laughs> to train other Starfleet security officers. <laughs> Start an outpost. I think he can defeat all these Borg by himself. <laughs> Prepare to leave orbit. Sir, the Borg ship is powering up its forward weapons array. They'll be in firing range in, in 20 seconds. Salazar. How many people do we still have down there? 73, sir. Nice, Salazar. Put the on pretty good. <laughs> Should I raise Yeah, you, pretty sir? fast. Not yet. I want to keep bringing people up until the last possible second. 10 seconds. Stand by to raise shields and break orbit on my mark. Five seconds. Mark. All right, I got Captain something to say. Go for it. We take a lot of flack. Matt and I, uh, Matt doesn't see most of it, uh, <laughs> about our, uh, our Beverly, uh, our Beverly take, which is generally, you know, not about the character, not about the actress. It's about the writing of the character. And, um, and, you know, obviously people, most people love the character who are Star Trek fans and our complaints are in how she is presented. And, uh, she's just kicking ass in this episode it's exactly the kind of characterization that i would think someone who's you know the 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 lead doctor on the flagship of the fleet someone who was ex-head of starfleet medical this is how someone like that would handle herself in a situation where you oh you wouldn't think how she would handle it well she's totally cool and collected she's smart she's like she handles tate great um, and you know, to what we were talking about in the in the hail bag, uh, it's clear she did her four years at the academy. That's for sure. So, uh, just to be clear, our our issue is that uh, she should be presented this way all the time. Yeah, not doing autopsies for no reason. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so exciting to watch her like this. I, li- I like when you know she shows her rank. Bring pattern and return fire. Uh, right. And even in, in chilling out Tate, 
And then Tate comes into her own. It's so fun. Direct hit. No damage. Helm, set a course for the conduit. Maximum warp. Aye, sir. She steps up to the plate because she's required to. Sir, the board is uh, following us. Salazar. Yes, Andy? Uh, side thing. Did we already pass the thing where it was 90 seconds and then she says, no, make that 70 seconds? Yeah. Um... What what's going on there? Is it a guesstimate, or did the screen change the number, or she's looking at the wrong number on the screen? I think it could have been all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> unclear, unclear. Like, oh no, I'm reading my schedule, my personal schedule. It's, maybe she uh, just, seventy seconds. You know, maybe she was <laughs> she just calculated the wrong vector and then adjusted. I see. Gotcha. Sure. And I love this. I love all the side characters. I almost feel like they were with. Salazar and Tate and Barnaby. It almost felt like they were like trying to build a backdoor pilot, <laughs> or uh, you know, some kind of spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Which I frankly, I would fucking love to watch that show. Take cover. Try to avoid any contact with the board. Aye, sir. Yeah, no duh. Ranger out. <laughs> What's that, Lieutenant? What did you say, Lieutenant? Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, because it sounded like you said no duh. Uh, I just saw a uh, a, 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 a dilithium uh, crystal. I thought, but then I didn't. Oh, so, so you it's said no no, no dilithium. I got yeah, you. Okay, right, well correct. that's un- uh, understandable. Uh, break her out. <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole! <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What was that? What was that, Lieutenant? <laughs> God damn it, computer! <laughs> You're so bad at figuring out when I want to talk and not. <laughs> There's no computer here. We just have our comp badges. <laughs> The same system. Until then, we're on our own. Wish they high fives. <laughs> um, wait, uh, going back a second. Uh, also, Beverly, when she's escaping, just goes right to maximum warp. No, you know, talking about the amount. It's just like go as fast as you can go. Yeah, which, uh, I like that. Um, and then my other question was uh, off your skeleton crew uh, joke. It, at this point, Tate is the only person on the bridge. No, there's a helms uh, a helm officer and somebody else behind, but at the uh, engineering station, I believe. It feels like it's a very sparse. Well, it was. Uh, I believe the skeleton crew compliment is probably like eight. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that seems crazy it to not leave crazy. enough people for a full compliment, at least on the bridge. Yeah. I agree. What do I know, though? I don't know. You probably know more than Captain Picard, I'll tell you that. Misguided. Thank you, pal. Finally, somebody said it. <laughs> An evolutionary step in the wrong direction. Data, all I'm sensing from you is anger and hatred. Have you felt any other emotions? There are no other emotions. Data, just because you haven't experienced certain emotions doesn't mean they don't exist. Laura's only feeding you the negative ones. Counselor Troy herself told me that feelings are not negative or positive. It is how we act on them that makes them good or bad. Fine. But what about the things that Laura is proposing? What about the lives that have already been lost? You simply do not understand. In a quest such as ours, like nine times in this episode. It is regrettable, but the greater good must be served. Give me your visor. Why? I want to try it on. <laughs> Give it to me, or I will take it by force. Really need a phaser for that. 
You could kill them all instantly in a half a second. That's actually just a Phillips, it's a Phillips head screwdriver. I am not your puppet anymore. You'd be more like a marionette. Remember po- Pinocchio's strings have been cut? Um, here, here comes some crew. Sir, we've reached the coordinates of the conduit. The tachyon matrix is energized and ready to go. And Lieutenant Barnaby has returned from the surface. He'll be relieved. I have. I'm right. here. <laughs> Stand by to trigger the conduit. Tate, so I don't know I if you the knew bridge. these things. Um, there were two. I was because I was so curious. Like, were the, why were these? Why were they spending so much time on these characters? It's crazy. Like building up their personalities. Were they going to be added? Um, but uh, I looked it up, and it says in an early draft, Barkley was to be on the bridge as part of the skeleton crew due to the availability and cost issues, and Tate was written in to take his place. Echeverria noted that in any event, Barkley was quite senior and would have been down there foolishly with everyone else. <laughs> so it sounds like foolishly. They didn't, they didn't agree with it. Um, but you can see that in the characterization. Clearly, it's like sort of what Barkley would be like except they do a perfect justification of like she's just a rookie yeah um and it makes her really interesting it works I think it works very nicely and then um with Barnaby um where is it here um Crusher support for the experimental metaphasic shielding technology was, of course, the focus of suspicions which I love I love that she uses her knowledge from the other episode it's really great I forgot about that connection yeah that's good that's that's, yeah. that's the autopsy episode. Yeah, exactly. So she all right. She had her stumbles in that episode. Um, in that episode, James Horan played Jabril, an alien trying to steal the shield technology. Well, in this episode, he plays Lieutenant Barnaby. So he was the guy I think that she did the uh, the oh, autopsy yeah. on. Which is funny because he's equally snotty in both roles. <laughs> uh, no, I mean he softens immediately. She did it. Yes, he. Yeah. Yes, it's it's nice to see that that turn, but yeah. it is funny how fucking <laughs> how yeah. standoffish and uh, yeah. and shutting down uh, Tate is he at, is he at the beginning. Yeah, I'll need a science it officer is. at the aft station. Yes, sir. Helm. I like these two. To return to the planet, aye, sir. I'm not leaving those people stranded back there. An emergency buoy can transmit a copy of our log entries to Starfleet just as easily as we can. Ensign. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Aye, sir. Lieutenant, open the conduit. Launching buoy now, sir. Lieutenant, scan for any Borg ships between here and the planet. Sensors detect no vessels. Sensors. We have to assume like the that. ship that attacked us is still in orbit. <laughs> I, like, I like any Star Trek actor's <laughs> option like to take the whole I'm going to say sensors I like it I like it how long will we have before they can detect us and intercept if their sensors function as well as ours it could be as little as I'm sorry did sensors. you say sensors you should have said sensors crush it to Salazar how long will it take to get the rest of the crew off the surface one minute should do it we don't have one minute how much can you shave off that if I could get a good lock on them quickly I might be able to do it in 45 or 50 seconds we need to buy ourselves 15 seconds. Lieutenant, is there any way we can use the planet as a barrier to keep the Borg from realizing we're in orbit? We can enter orbit while they're on the far side of the planet. 
And if we delayed dropping out of warp until the last possible instant, we could gain a few more seconds. If your calculations are even slightly off, we'd hit the atmosphere. I'll just have to be sure my calculations are accurate, Ensign. I mean, look, <laughs> I would feel the same way. The the Ensign uh, questioning. I'd him. be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Hey, and that's hey, why Rook. I'm not going to I mean, make sure we don't hit the atmosphere. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Let's do it. Helm, hard about. Aye, sir. Still no sign of the structure. This, like, this whole, I love this, like, Riker better than a tricorder in this scene. Ready, watch. Interference could be 100 meters away. We wouldn't know it. This could take hours. I'm picking up a faint energy reading. Residual thermal traces. Somebody stood here. The decay rate indicates it could be human. It took this path. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a master tracker. (laughs) Charles taught him in Red Dead Redemption. All right. Thought it might look good on me. What do you think? (laughs) Maybe we should work on your sense of humor, brother. Actually, I was thinking LaForge's implants might make him an ideal test subject for my experiment. All of the Borg you have experimented on so far have suffered extensive brain damage. Using the humans to perfect the procedure will allow us to prevent any further Borg deaths. This section suggests that he doesn't have Sung's know-how. I feel like Sung would have figured this out. How to turn the Borg into fully artificial life. Yeah, I mean, there's also a question of, like, whether or not Lore has the capacity for, like, creative thought other than how to be creatively evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he's good at that. What is it? Maybe he just maybe it's sort of like Data's the smartest, Jeffy's the dumbest, yeah. and he's sort of in the middle. Yeah. He has disconnected himself from the others. He would not let me hear his thoughts. I've asked you to stay linked to Croesus at all times. You know that, don't you? Yes. I know this must be difficult for you. Oh how uncertain you must feel all of these sensations are new and they can be frightening isn't that right yes i have doubt of course you do it's only natural no one is going to blame you for that but in order to lose those doubts to keep fear and confusion away i need you to remain linked to the others so that their strength and their confidence can help you. I need you, Govall. I need you to help me build a future for the Borg. I can't do it without you. Did you hear that, everyone? He needs me. <laughs> yes. More than Croesus? <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I looked up. Uh, this guy seemed familiar to me. I looked. Uh, I looked him up. I looked up uh, Tate and Barnaby. I, I got no uh, no claim to fame for anybody. Well, there you go. Now you will, though, if you ever see them in anything else. He was also a commando in Sequest 2032. Oh, sure, 2032. But in order for Data to be affected by those emotions, 
Lore would have had to disable his ethical program first. Can we reactivate it? If I can generate a phased Cadian pulse at the right frequency, that would trigger data subsystems and reboot the program. And although Law would still be feeding him negative emotions, at least Data might listen to us. Right. I think it's worth a try. <laughs> Thanks, so, Troy. Got any ideas <laughs> on how we generate a Cadian pulse? Like, oh. They're right on track with keeping Troy sort of just like... Circling the outside of the plot. Oh, you think that would be a good idea to try? Thanks so much. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, Gordy, Gordy, so, do you have any thoughts? This, uh, On top of which, in this episode in particular, it's all about uh, connecting with Data about his emotions. That should have been Troy's wheelhouse. She, She's the fucking counselor. She should have been the one who led him back to questioning himself. That's a good point. Like I understand, you gotta give uh, give the big man his uh, his 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 moments, but it just really felt like she was there. Give it to her. Um, but uh, on the just more analysis of the how does data work element. Mm-hmm. So they took away his ethical program. They fed him negative emotions, and then he becomes fully evil. Like he doesn't he have a uh, a personality built up to this point that there would be some other things that would influence him even beyond a just a you know a restraining bolt. Yeah, I mean it's like it seems like also like his rational thought is sort of missing. Right. Um. Yeah. I. But I just think I. I don't know. I think that's just writing shorthand. You know. I know, but it's. I mean, it really raises larger issues about him that, uh, I don't know, I, it's a lot of work to figure it out, but mm-hmm. look, I really enjoyed it, but um, I, I don't know, that it kind of bugs me that it's just like, well, you take away the ethics, then you feed him the emotions, and then he's just willing to do whatever Laura says. I wish you were just like, I really enjoyed it. All right, let's give it some Andes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they deal with it like when they take away his emotions that it's he's sort of like a drug addict with the emotions. Yeah. So he's controlling him that very, way. But very, very, th- very RoboCop uh, to guy loves nuke. I don't know. I don't have a strong memory of RoboCop 2. Well, that's all right. You're probably better off for it. Um, But even then, even if it's the drug addict thing, he seems to be enjoying being evil. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just enjoying emotion. I guess that's it. They're neither negative nor positive. Come on, Andy. Change <laughs> would be passed. Really threw that back in Troy's face. Yep. We knew it was a possibility. Then you made it possible for Lore to dominate us. I cannot accept that. Lore is only one. The Borg could have stopped him. You don't know the condition we were in when he found us. Before my experience on the Enterprise, the Borg were a single-minded collective. The voices in our heads were smooth and flowing, but after I returned, those voices began to change. They became uneven, discordant. First time, individual Borg had differing ideas about how to proceed. Couldn't function. Some Borg fought each other, others simply shut themselves down. Many starved to death. And then Lore came along. You probably can't imagine what it is like to be so lost and frightened that you will listen to any voice which promises change. Even if that voice insists on controlling you. How's that? That's what we want. For a theme. Someone to show us a way out. What did you say? Say that again. 
I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it's it's in line with many of the other you know Star Trek points. Certainly, whenever they touch on Nazism over time, but uh, you can't imagine what it's like to be so lost and frightened that you will listen to any voice that promises change. Like, how could that be more of a modern, a modern theme? And uh, and I love that they kind of tie it to lore with his friggin' Nazi banners. <laughs> it's really nice with his uh, what do what do you call it? Um, his graphic design department. His graphic design. This is wrong. Hmm. It's not catchy enough. <laughs> Take them away. We need this to be catchier. I want to look at it and know immediately. Oh, yeah. It's the Borg. Right now, I don't see Borg. I just see blah. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not symmetrical. <laughs> the Borg should be symmetrical. But becoming fully artificial was compelling. We gladly did everything he asked of us. But after a while, it became clear that Lore had no idea how to keep his promise. That's when he began talking about the need for us to make sacrifices. Before we realized it, this was the result. What happened? began It's Spike's toys from Toy Story. (laughs) Yes, it does look exactly like Spike's toys from Toy Story. That's funny. These caverns lead to tunnels which run beneath the compound. Some of them connect with the environment. Oh, I was going to say. I should say, yes, the majority here. His image. This is the result of my encounter with the Enterprise, Commander. So you can see, I don't particularly welcome your presence here. I'm it's a sorry great performance by Jonathan Del Arco. We just came yep. to get our people. We won't cause you any more trouble. Tell me about my friend. Friend. The human called Jordy. All the robots are best friends with Jordy. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I wish I could tell you about him. We think he may be held inside the compound. I cannot help you. I cannot risk our being discovered. Could you at least show us a way into the compound? Caverns lead to tunnels which run beneath the compound. Some of them connect with the environmental control ducts. Show us. If we can determine the geography of the compound, we can form a rescue plan. I will say, at the top of that scene, mm-hmm. when when uh, Hughes laying out his stuff, Riker's kind of a dick to him. Like, you're out of line. It's like everything he's saying is are completely valid, valid objections. You're out of line. We didn't do nothing. <laughs> we just destroy your race. Yeah. Come on. It flicked pain and uh, You know, and someday uh... we're going to all sit back and laugh about this. Right, Hugh? <laughs> no, Commander. <laughs> they should have made him a regular character way before they made him, they brought him back in Picard. Right? I mean... No, they shouldn't have. They only had one season left, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Fibers in your cerebrum. They are designed to learn and learn neural firing patterns. Once they are in place, I will destroy the existing brain cells. And we will see if the artificial neural network is able to take over your cognitive functions. Data. Because if it is, that'll be awesome. Lore (laughs) is controlling you. He's transmitting a carrier wave which is affecting your positronic matrix. If the procedure is successful, your cognitive processing functions will be considerably improved. Don't you care that he's manipulating you? 
However, there is a 60% chance you will not survive the procedure. I don't care much for those odds. Mm. They are a cause for concern. However, I still have Counselor Troy and Captain Picard. Odds are at least one of the procedures will be successful. Smiling. So evil. I mean. Because his ethical program was removed. I thought for sure they were going to do like a uh, like a switcheroo, you know? Well, one of them would be the other one's outfit again. They didn't. Yeah. And I appreciate that, I guess, because it's a trope. Did we? Is it in that scene that he says, my brother told me I should develop a sense of humor? Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, what do you think? And, you go, and, uh, and Jordy goes, I think it needs a little work. And <laughs> Data makes this face that's kind of like, eh can't please everybody you know everybody's got a different comedic sense what are you gonna do uh, i better work that one out at the next borg open mic take part of the transceiver <laughs> from the guards interlink system i think that it uses some kind of phased pulse technology do you think it could be modified to generate a kedion pulse that would reboot data's program yeah yeah, it's possible. See if you can locate the phase modulation circuitry. I'll watch the door. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. See, he's doing he's doing stuff already. They didn't need him to also do the data stuff. Could have given that to Troy. Right. That's true. That's very true. We'll be within transporter range in 19 seconds. I'm starting to get sensor resolution. There's Did she change it to sensor? <laughs> I think she took the note, you know. <laughs> well, it seems like all the other senior staff here are going sensor. I guess be, I should. Uh, must be a thing Picard likes. I better, <laughs> I better change it up. Here. Helm, new course, heading zero five two mark seven. Aye, sir. Stand by to drop out of warp in. I love this shit. Once we're in orbit, we should have. She uses her prior months. prior experience. She's ballsy. Let's hope it's enough time. Emergency deceleration in five seconds. Hold on. We're in standard orbit, sir. The Borg ship is on the planet's far side and is moving to intercept. Reach to transporter rooms. Begin evacuations. The Borg will be in weapons range in 32 seconds. We still can't locate... 24. Shit, this console's wacky. (laughs) (laughs) This must be why Worf is pissed off all the time. I mean, I get it. We're pulling the last teams off right now. But there are six people still unaccounted for. They didn't do much with Salazar's character. Board ship is powering up its weapons. For the Beverly spinoff. If it's now or never. They're preparing to fire. Raise shields. <laughs> you raised shields while I was transporting. 17 people are dead. Board <laughs> cell's been hit. Helm, get us out of here. Aye, sir. We've lost they didn't bring major. these characters back in some other form. They clearly like spent some time building them up. You love these characters. You can't get enough of them. I, I you know, it's one, it's an, it's a single episode, and they atypically build up, you know, the side characters, mm-hmm. and they do a good job. Usually, it's like, all right, just get off these people. Right. Evasive maneuvers, full impulse. Shields down to eighty percent. Fire phasers. Direct hit. No damage to the Borg ship. That's how I always say it. He's rehearsed that. Direct hit. <laughs> Can I get one more? Direct hit. 
Direct hit. Direct hit. Oh, I like that. It's got a little lead up. I'm in. You got the part. What's the status of the warp engines? Still down. We can't outrun them. Helm, set a new course. Heading 344 Mark 6. Full impulse. Aye, sir. Sir, that heading takes us directly into the sun. Cool. Oh, yes, I, I knew that. Uh, maybe a different one, then. Ah, uh, yes, the sun. I'm familiar with it. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it is, um, it's very uh, hot, right? Right? It's very hot there in the sun. The databank should contain information on a process called metaphasic shielding. I know about that research. Commander LaForge was developing a program that would implement metaphasic properties. Right. How far along was he? Well, it's in the databanks, but it's never it actually been tested. wasn't him. If we had metaphasic shielding, we could enter the sun's corona. He's a guy that I did an autopsy on while he was alive. I was thinking of Crabander LaForge, a totally <laughs> different guy. <laughs> Crabander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Crabander, Crabander LaForge. Clebander Lamorge. <laughs> that is very dumb. Here we are. Oh. Wouldn't be able to follow. Can you bring the program online? I can, but we have no way of knowing if the shields will hold. Sir, hold temperature is rising. Now at 12,000 degrees C. Radiation level nearing 10,000 rads. Report. Shields at 62%. Lieutenant? Activate the metaphasic program. It's our best shot. Aye, sir. Pew, pew. Oh, is critical. We can't withstand this heat. What did you say? I said pew, pew. Every time someone says best shot, I can go pew, pew. <laughs> program is online. Engaging metaphasic shield now. This doesn't work. You're going to all have to do, you're going to have to do autopsies on all our living bodies soon. Oh, temperature dropping down to 7,000 degrees. Yeah, Beverly. Maintain course. Borg ship has broken off pursuit. All stop. Sir, the Borg ship is taking up position relative to ours. They're going to wait for us to come out. The question is, how long can we survive in here? I don't have an answer. Uh, that was rhetorical. <laughs> you had to walk over a kilometer along the bottom to get back to shore. One kilometer, 46 meters. It took almost two weeks to get the water out of your servos. I'm ready to irradiate uh, Those were good times. Please I like that his basic, his basic personality, whether he's, uh, whether he's evil or he's good, is he has to correct people on minor details. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with that. <laughs> Data. If you ever go back to the way you were, you might not be able to forgive yourself for what you're about to do. This was a good approach. I am getting some anomalous readings from your neural net. I will need to do further testing before I proceed. Someone will come and take you back to your cell. It's interesting that he wouldn't stop immediately. He, like, has to think about it. Well, I mean, he does stop and sort of is like, I'm going to go ask questions. 
Yeah, but he doesn't free them immediately. Right. You're right. All right, Andy. Jeez. There's a lot of scenes. I don't know if it's in this scene or it's in a later scene with uh, with Lore kind of just chatting with a Borg before <laughs> anybody yes. comes up. Yeah. Like, what is that conversation? Anyway, uh, I think it's more with play a movie. I didn't know what He's we like, do. look, we got to do something yeah. landscaping out here. I mean, uh, come on. Right. Uh, by the way, I love this building. I, I assume this is a real building. I would, yeah, I would assume. I wonder what it is. I bet Let's it's probably it on Memory Alpha. Memory Alpha. There you are, brother. Have you made any progress with LaForge? It is too early to tell if the nanocortical fibers performed their function. I suspect none of the humans will survive the process, but then it's their own fault, isn't it? They never should have come here. <laughs> what were they thinking? They came looking for me. Humans are so sentimental. I betrayed them. If they die, I am responsible. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> Something wrong with your programming? Maybe I should check your systems. I do not want you to check my systems. I must resolve these issues myself. I think I made a mistake. I don't believe you can tolerate the amount of emotion I've given you. Perhaps I should cut back a little. How's that? I do not like it. Then you prefer to have more emotions. Yes. They give you pleasure. Yes, please, I want more. All right. A little more. <laughs> For now. But I mean... Aren't you going to thank Yes. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, yes, he's controlling him by by holding these back. But if the ethical program has kicked in again, then maybe, I don't know, there's some idea like it hasn't kicked in fully, but that's weird. Right, right. Like, if it's either on or it's off, and if it's on, then he would rescue everybody immediately. <laughs> that's true. With I don't care what's more dramatic. Super it doesn't sense. make science sense. <laughs> This doesn't make science sense, and therefore, it is not a good story for me. <laughs> Don't mention it. I just hope this helps to clarify things for you. Lore's really thoughtful when you think about it. <laughs> it's a really great, it's a very obvious evil character, but it's a really great evil character. He really plays it well. They, clearly, the writers have fun writing it. We haven't even talked about like what do you what do you think of Lore's outfit in this episode? <laughs> we haven't even yeah, talked about it. I think it's pretty it. sweet. I think it's pretty great. It's such a great villain outfit. That's one I'd like to have a figure of. I oh, tell sure. You guys, I'm sure that exists. I tend to have a lot of uh, evil, evil brother, either evil twin brother things. I got Reverse Flash. I've got Evil Spock. So uh, I got to pick myself up a Lore. Uh, you like you like evil versions of any, anything, right? That's right. So that's I, why I got this mustache now. It's your evil Andy Secunda. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm basically, the, I'm just as incompetent. You're just, just the coolest, uh, you know. You're just the coolest. They're out there with your no mustache, <laughs> just mustaching it left and right. <laughs> I'm out there. I'm not out there. I'm You're in here. You're it. in your Zoom with <laughs> mustaches, multiple <laughs> mustaches per Zoom. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh. I'm concerned about my brother, Croesus. 
I don't believe he really wants to be a part of our great future. I'm not your therapist. I mean, Croesus really is doing a lot of heavy lifting around here. He really is. Croesus is like this is is Laura's constant emotional blanket. Croesus is the odd job to uh, his Goldfinger, you know, for sure. I mean, even more so. He's doing so much, so much fucking middle manager work. I guarantee you, Croesus caddies for Lore. Yeah, out on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. Ah ah, that's what Oddjob says when he finds Goldfinger's <laughs> ball. Right. Is he mute or he just didn't speak English? He is mute. Yeah, at least that's how he's presented. Right. The character oh, is not. I mean, not the, the, mute. the actor is not mute. Uh, what's his last name? Tanaka. Anyway, I was going to say job. job. Right, guys. Job. He did it, everybody. I did it. Guys, I did nothing. Let's see if we can stabilize this shit. Stabilize it. No, we won't be able to stay in here long. Turns out we can't. Longer than another <laughs> three or four minutes. Do we have warp engines yet? Last estimate was another half hour. Sir, I think I have an idea. I think it's possible we could induce a solar fusion eruption that would destroy the Borg ship. What? We need to direct a highly energetic... <laughs> he just won't. He's <laughs> Barnaby is not on board. Uh, uh, that, no. Come on. <laughs> the fuck you say about this? <laughs> Do these two get together in season three of the Beverly spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I would watch the Beverly Crusher spinoff. I mean, For there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of versions of TNG I would watch. Yeah. Particle beam onto the sun's surface. That should. Pre- I mean, if they opened up a detective agency called Barnaby and Tate, come on. Yeah. No, it's I'd a watch great it. name. It's a great name. Yeah. Produce a superfluid gas eruption. If we target the right spot, the eruption would envelop the Borg ship. How do you know this will work? I did my senior honors thesis on solar dynamics. Excuse me, sir, nice. but this isn't the academy, and a student thesis is a long way from a workable plan. I've already configured the tractor emitters to create the particle beam, and I've located the target point on the surface. If her calculations are off, that eruption could encompass us. Well, I'll just have to make sure my calculations are accurate, Lieutenant. Zing! Look at this. Boom! Where's your, where's your air horn, buddy? There you go. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bounce back fast. The target area of the Started to stand up for herself. Pressure wave expansion is accelerating. Subsurface fusion has been initiated. An eruption is forming on the surface. She did it. <laughs> the Borg ship has been destroyed, sir. Hell, it's pretty take great. Us back to the planet. I kind of wish they. It's so weird that these are bumped. side characters. What? I wish they had like fist bumped. <laughs> Um, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's so weird that these are, these are minor characters that, that they were going to, you know, um, be, uh, using, uh, uh, what was the name? Barnaby and Tate. No, no. The, uh, the, sorry. Oh man. I'm going to think about it with you. What are you talking about? (laughs) My, my brain is just give me words just give me half words and I'll figure it out. A team guy, antisocial. He's, uh, he's Barkley. Um, there Barkley. you go. Um, it was Barnaby that was blocking it. Um, the uh, that that he was supposed to be here and it was good. It was supposed to be someone who's more of a recurring. It's so weird that we're playing, spending time with these characters, but they're great. I love that Barnaby is a total snotty dick to her, 
and he's he's completely like shutting her out and then she succeeds and proves him wrong and he's not like upset about it he's like yay you did mm-hmm. it this is amazing he's excited yep it's great i like science at the end of the day you know yeah full impulse although i have a side uh, theory about him side theory i don't have a side theory uh thing so i'll just hit this one and his theory i think this is joe brill I don't think it's far. <laughs> Look, is it coincidence? I think he manipulates this whole situation to go back to the sun experiment and make it work this time. He came He's, on board to get the information. He found out she was doing her thesis. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he probably knew it. He's like, well, I got to make this look good. I'll act like I'm. And that's I mean, why he's so excited when it works. If I remember correctly, all he wanted to do, that guy, was just sell it, right? Yeah. He just wanted to, he was just in it for profit. Right. He's gonna Barnaby's gonna disappear the second this episode is over, <laughs> or he'll or he'll what? be dead. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Oh, dead again. <laughs> you better put me on a, on a shuttle somewhere. Well done. Don't do an autopsy on me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my thing. That's their people thing. Please don't. Thanks. <laughs> He's very warm. We're going to keep our high-collared uniform on him. (laughs) You're killing him. He won't survive another session. I did not come for him. I came for you. My new best friend. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to replace him in my life. (laughs) It might take a while to take hold. Data, it's not too late. If you remove the fibers, then Geordie might yet recover. That would not be possible. Why? Because law tells you so? It is for the greater good. Good? Data isn't good and bad, right and wrong, a function of your ethical program. That is correct. What does that program tell you about what you're doing to Geordie? about what you and Law are doing to the Borg. It tells you that these things are wrong, doesn't it, Data? So how can actions that are wrong lead to a greater good? You were attempting to confuse me. No, you're not confused, Data. You're sensing the truth. Your ethical program is fighting the negative emotions that Law is sending you. Ah, Captain. Who determines what's right Thank and wrong? Thank you so much for joining us. You are going to assist me in a most important ceremony. We can use the environmental control ducts to get into the compound. They should lead us to the detention area. We'll have to move fast. If we need to stun one of the guards, the board will know right away if he's been hurt. When they realize your escape route may be compromised. I guess we'll have to take that chance. Interesting that they. Good luck, Commander. Didn't vary this scene in terms of the setup. Like I want, they clearly shot it all at the same time. It's the same angle. It's the same background. So I guess it's the, time to put aside the all suggestion that. is they were just there, standing, having that conversation <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so uh, Hugh, uh, well, I like what you've done with the place. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I've tried to make it cozier because now I know what yeah. cozy is. Um, yeah. It's a cave, so I mean, I like how this rock um, 
it does this. Yes. It's, yeah. They're all chairs, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's really great. You have as many chairs. This one is a table. Yeah, Klingons do not like chairs. Oh, is that the, so, Worf? That's interesting. <laughs> Let's hear this about is the it. entire conversation they're having. <laughs> I think we can it's cut this close. stuff. <laughs> the door on we the didn't path. have to shoot it. And commit yourself to the great work that lies ahead of us. I need to know I can count on you. As proof, I want you to kill Picard. Oh, jeez, he's going to have to kill Picard, says the board. He's going to kill Picard. He's going to kill Picard. Did you hear that? It's Picard. Picard. You know, that guy used rumble, to be rumble, uh, Picard, Picard. He used to be Locutus. A Borg, you know that? He's like the big D. He was the big cheese at Wolf 359. <laughs> That would be wrong. I didn't think you'd be able to do it. You've spent too many years among humans. Hold it. I've asked too many sacrifices. Too many years. Too many years around humans. It's been too many years. It's true. Oh, no. Yeah, he could just. Part of my problem with this action scene, mm-hmm. really, really any action scene with data, but definitely one with lore and data, is that. They grab his arms. Data could e- easily just knock off both their heads with one arm, right? Well, I mean, and that boy, he did struggle with that Borg on the... on. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe the Borg is stronger. Um, yeah. I don't know if we even said when, when they escaped. I thought that was a, a really smart escape that, that uh, you know, Picard uses his knowledge of the Borg to pull the, I don't know, whatever it was, the pressure co- cord out of him and, um, and uh, you know, sucker him in. The pressure cooker tube. Yeah, the pressure cooker tube. <laughs> it's terrible techno babble. Um, <laughs> and, uh, okay, okay. What if we called it the Theleron 7 pressure tube? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. No idea what that is. <laughs> we just wrote Star Trek. It's definitely a tube. Um, so, yeah, so in this scene, it's like a lot of stuff happening. And throughout it, I'm just like, why doesn't Lord just go over, knock off? You know the heads of uh, Picard and uh, and everybody else, and uh, and then escape, just run away. Like everything, he's like sort of, you know, they're looking around and it's chaotic. And and why doesn't why doesn't Data do the same thing? It's very confusing. I mean, look, they're surrounded right now. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, there's a lot of murmuring. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talkative Borg about. Vices <laughs> of you. Sacrifices I knew were necessary in order to build a better future. I want you to know that I ask no more of you than I am prepared to give myself. I am willing to make the greatest sacrifice of all. I will kill Deanna Troy. What? <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> dear brother. You had me kill my mom. <laughs> That's more. Goodbye, Data. Seems like he's smiling about this huge sacrifice. So, like, he moved faster. Couldn't Laura have just pushed him away? Uh, yeah, sure. But I think everyone was surprised by <laughs> Borg yelling no and running really fast. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> like look at these look at the fist fight these Borg are getting. It's into. really funny. The fist fights. I love that uh Riker and Worf are shooting up a storm. Again, Worf's hitting every target because he's on he is planet. On fire. Lore. Data's just ambling in. No rush. You should be careful with that, brother. Someone could get hurt. What are you doing? I've got a way out of here. I'm willing to forget what happened back there. Take you with me. <laughs> we don't need anyone else. Wait, you're willing to forget that you were going to kill me? Brothers. <laughs> Give you the chip our father made. It contains much more than just emotions. It has it's memories. Memory codes. <laughs> memories. For socks. Bombas socks. My father wanted you to have. <laughs> Data was quicker on the drawer than old lore. What do you think Not he had it me. set to? He will never. Yeah, set to fun. <laughs> lore can't take yeah. fun. <laughs> <coughs> I know But you leave me no other choice I Love you Brother Goodbye Lore Really does sound like Lore's AAA batteries were dying <laughs> Hilarious That's what, that's what data takes out <laughs> No, I at least didn't go to D's. Wait, did his pupils? Uh, did his pupils go? Hang on, let me look. Yeah, I think that oh, is cool. Gold. That is a really good effects choice, and it really is convincing that they just drift away into nothing. Beamed aboard. Whoopsie! I want to see that again. Lord's no longer. F oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really a great effect. It's also a really solid effect of. Superimposing uh, Spiner in front of himself. It's yeah. really not that complicated, and it still works well. What about Jordy and Troy? <laughs> I like all these Borg picking each other up after the fight. Yeah, come on, oh, it's crazy. Feeling? So you're, you okay? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I mean, geez, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. I had them beamed aboard. Think you got any ice? Do we use ice? Lore is no longer functioning, sir. He must be disassembled so that he's no longer a threat. Welcome back. And then Data. smashed. Thank you, Data. Sir. What made you change your mind, Hugh? Perhaps my encounter me. with the Enterprise affected me more than I realized. I did it for my best what friend, Jordan. What? <laughs> I don't know. We can't go back to the Borg Collective. And we no longer have a leader here. I'm not sure that's true. Data will time, stay then. We will learn to function as <laughs> oh, no, individuals. I meant, never mind. Forget it. And work together as a group. Good luck, Hugh. Goodbye. That gonna help them? Not to mention that it's sort of in the interest of the Federation to keep an eye on them. Mm. Agreed. Unless Hugh is already working for Section Thirty One. It kind of screws them if we sort of forward think it to uh, to um, 
Picard, although I guess a lot of other crap went down between this point and that point. Names under Dr. Crusher's care. Such a tiny chip. <laughs> Enter. Until generations, and it's huge. <laughs> this is its pedestal. Spot! Spot cameo. I want to let you know that Dr. Crusher says I'll be able to return to duty soon. I am relieved that the injuries I inflicted on you are not permanent. Now, picture some, picture any other member of the crew. Like, if their brother, you know, just got in their head and convinced them to perform crazy things of torture on Jordy uh-huh. and, uh, you know, join the Borg and leave the ship. Yeah. Would we then be cutting to a scene of them sitting at their desk in their quarters with their cat <laughs> talking to Jordy about how much they hope he returns to duty soon? Well, that's where the, the I mean, on top of all the things that everyone has been saying, which is to, which and what you're saying, which is just like, why does everybody trust this guy? Um, even if he just fucked with his programming, I think if you look at the specifics of it, it's even more of a question because he didn't override his programming and change his programming to make him do this. Right. He removed an ethics program, <laughs> which was apparently the only thing stopping him from being outright evil. Well, I think that ethics are the only thing that stops any of us from being outright evil. Oh, that's uh, that's the kind of statement you would really rake me over the coals for that I am not on board for. <laughs> it's innate. I'm sorry, but Moriarty told me that's true. <laughs> you can't turn it on me. You're the one that said it. <laughs> What's that? This is the chip my father created for me so that I could experience emotion. I had it removed from Lore's body before he was dismantled. Does it work? No. I am pleased to say it was damaged when I was forced to fire on Lore. Did you've wanted emotions your whole life. Yes. But emotions are responsible for what I did to you. I would never risk letting that happen again. My friendship with you is too important to me. Is there a better place you can destroy this? I wouldn't be very much of a friend if I let you give a panel in your quarters. someday when you're ready we'll give you this thing that made you almost kill me (laughs) (laughs) maybe someday when we're no longer serving aboard the ship together (laughs) you can uh, Dady you got something in the mail (laughs) (laughs) Uh, alright that does it for Descent Part 2 Season 7 Episode 1 Unbelievable. We're this far in. Exciting. Let us it, now exciting. award the X. The MVC. Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher, if you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free.
let's just accept that we know it's going to be Beverly. But we'll talk about it for a second just for fun. <laughs> for funsies. Uh, I mean, um, is it you? He, <laughs> yeah, theoretically. I mean, Data is the one that eventually snaps out of it and stops Lore. And Lore theoretically could have taken over the universe. Is it Pew 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 Worf? Yeah, Worf, Worf does kick ass in this episode. Worf and although Riker? he's not he's not the he's not the change maker though. He doesn't Is it like... Tate? You know what? Tate also kicks ass. It's not and Barnaby. Barnaby's no slouch much. either. Barnaby huh? is not Barnaby's no, not no fan of Barnaby. No. Yeah. Well, I mean I, I enjoy you know the character is fine, but you don't uh, like I secret Doctor like... Joe Brill. <laughs> um who else? Does anybody else do anything? I mean, uh, Troy does is sidelined completely. <laughs> yep. I guess Picard talks data out of it. But you know what? It's also partly Geordi that, that sort of snaps. Although Picard comes up with the idea to, to of how to sort of maybe turn on uh, uh, data's ethics program, which is, you know what? That's often the way that it's presented. It's usually like, it's interesting. It's usually Picard going, is there a way that we can blah, blah, blah. And he always comes up with the idea. And then Jordy's like, well, we could do this. This might work. This engineering way to do the thing that you came up with. Yeah, It's interesting. I guess it's good teamwork. Anyway, it's Beverly as far as I'm concerned. No, no, hands down. Just uh, kicks ass in this episode. Great leader. Who's who, Keeping her the, cool. You know, what's, what's the greatest risk, risk to the ship? Uh you know all that stuff Beverly's dealing the with the sun it. that she puts it in yeah I agree so <laughs> yeah she rescues she transports the most people off the planet and does it I mean she really just nails it I'm so proud of her way to go Beverly you did it congrats kicking off season 7 I can't wait to see the episode Sub Rosa and find out who's the MVC of that episode oh, oh it's a doozy um, okay now I'm looking to say how many Andy's this got here we how go. many Andy's does this episode get this is a tough one because mm-hmm. it's very entertaining. Um, so that probably will take precedence for me. Um, is it that entertaining? Question mark. Honest oh, question. Yeah. Honest you, question. You, ha- you did have your misgivings, so I'm curious what your overall is. Uh, I find it to be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird half of a whole. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, I find these very hard. These um, uh, the two parters. Yeah, like the, especially the second parts of two parters. Uh-huh. Um, I'm surprised that you're not stronger on the second part of Best of Both Worlds, which is a great wrap up. I agree. To my, to my mind. Oh, okay, good. That one's like, I mean, that's those are that's those are tens. This is not Best of Both Worlds by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Uh, but I do like all the stuff happening on the ship don't like anything really happening down on the earth on the planet uh so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a five you don't like the lore no the lore data stuff is never that interesting to me because it's so basic always do you know what i mean it is basic so it's such a it's such a satisfying rendition of it it's very interesting to compare lore to the Romulan brother sister in Picard, uh, because spoilers, they're so unsatisfying to watch. That's and true. in my mind, lore is satisfying to watch, even though it's very arch and it's very almost cartoony. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take evil data. That's great. Um, I almost the part of the thing. This is going back to Moriarty. You mentioned Moriarty. 
part of the thing that's great about Moriarty is he kind of does feel like he's usually one step ahead the way the real Moriarty would be. Whereas Lore always feels like his plans are a little bit messed up and not that well thought out. Yeah. Like he was too impatient to really think it all through. It always really feels like it's seat of his pants kind of shit. Like, "Mm, uh, okay, now I can do this. Yes. I guess having all the negative qualities and lack of patience would be one of them. I mean, he thought thought finally this time when he had gotten his uh, art department to work on that banner that he was really, he had nailed it. Like, yeah. I've got an art department. That's all I gotta do. I need a PR department. Here we go. I'll, I'll win them over with propaganda. Um... So, uh, I guess I give it a 9.5. Well, I don't think we've been that far apart on anything in a long time. Yeah, I found it very entertaining. I'm bothered by the the way they kind of skim over some of the ethics stuff with Data's program, but I never really noticed it until we started picking it apart. Well, that's what we're here for. Uh, Let's take a look at the trailer for Liaison 702. Wait, what do you you give it? I I gave it a 5 and a half, didn't I? I don't think you did. Whoa. That is five. That's well, very far go. apart. There that you is, go. Yeah. That's huge. That may be our biggest split. Yeah, it's a big split. Yeah. So I reacted wow. to that as though I had already said it, and here I am saying it now. Yeah. Uh, so that said, trailer. You didn't, you didn't take the opportunity to tell me I was wrong, Matt. <laughs> well, I only like to tell you when you're right. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It's a new, you know, new leaf. <laughs> new, new you. Uh, 702. Here a failed go. mission. Prepare for impact. Forces Picard to crash land on a desolate planet. The pilot, he's injured. He needs your help. He's dead. His destiny lies with a woman on the edge of insanity. Love me! But will he become a prisoner of her seductive powers? What is going on? Trapped with her madness for all eternity? No. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think he's definitely going to be trapped with her madness for all eternity. I mean, I, I have like, a hunch. I have a hunch. <laughs> I like that him saying what is going on really feels like what the actor could be saying about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Liaisons. You know what? I think I feel like season seven. We're going to encounter a lot of episodes that I have seen once. Uh huh. Um. So it'll be interesting to rewatch them. Like, for instance, Liaisons, I don't remember much of that at all. I remember some of it. I don't remember much of it. Yeah. Uh, All right. Look, everybody who is out there who uh, is listening still, thank you. And everybody who is uh, in the president's circle, this is our special time. Let's go, guys. Oh yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. I ha- I needed to pick up music. Uh, my hand is is a mess, so I'm trying to type. <laughs> it's not not working out, but here we are. Uh, let's uh, let's, Golf injury, let's guys. jump Golf in here. Injury. I grip I grip everything too tight. That's my problem. In I life, like and I, in golf. yeah, I hang on to life. My friends, Andy, don't go anywhere, please. Andy, don't leave me. Which suite uh, is this? This is first contact. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, Very I thought it was appropriately Borgy. Yep. Victor Borgy. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, he's our patron. He's in the president's oh, really? circle. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Thank you, Victor Borgy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
real dumb. Uh, so, let me see here. Andy, you already have the list up, I'm sure. I do. Do you want me to do the first I... one? No, no, no. It's okay. I, I'm just going to open it up here. Go to the go to the thing. Clicking on it. Looking at it. Doesn't really work, so I'm going to go to the other thing. <laughs> Look. Inside the mind of Mad Myra. You don't want to be in here. It is no bueno. Uh... <laughs> Andy, I've lost it completely. It's a little bit, a little bit of Star Trek Two vibe there. I believe it is Star Trek Two. I thought you said this was First Contact. Yes. Oh, it's the suite. It's playing a bunch of them. Oh, I see. They're going into each other. Uh, Andy, what a great fucking score! Where did I put that cussing. file that you're looking at? Um, in the Dropbox. Yeah, but what folder? The the main folder. Yes. Oh, there it is. Found it. Thank you. All right, Andy, what do you say we alternate uh, pages here, shall we? Thank yes. our great, great, great pals. Uh, all right, President Circle members, here we go. Leslie Ann Rux Palmer, Jeremy, Preston Peterson, Jeffrey Jacques, Will, TYMC, Tim, uh, Greg Roberts, Robert Mashburn, BMAT, Katie G, Brian Streitfield, Suzanne Wilson, Christian Martinez, Darren George, Philip Lately, Din Don, Ellis Merritt, Michael Murphy, Donk 2015, Andrew D. Meyer, William Noel, Moose, Ma- I'm sorry, Master of Disguise, Master of Disguise. <laughs> master. someone with that little confidence in a name pronunciation since no, me. No, I'm trying to figure out what it is, because it's Master of These Guys. Yes, oh, I it's believe. a thing. Master of Disguise. There it is. It is. He's disguised his name so well, it took me a little while. Way to go. Mm. Amazingly also encrypted uh, <laughs> email address. Matt Hopkins, Kevin Smith, Wes Wallace. David Chaffetz, Seth Gilbert, Kristen Bracken, Rachel Kelly, Mark Stallwood, Steph Hackett, Shoab Mirza, Rachel Waltmeyer. Hang on. <laughs> Waltmeyer? Rachel Waltmeyer? You, pr- you pronounced my name perfectly the first try, but I honestly don't care if it gets mangled. Thanks. All right. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh. King Arthur's personal wizard, Morlin. <laughs> Tyson Cantrell. Thomas. The evil first version of Merlin. <laughs> Bowater, Jacob Perik. Uh, Candace Ho- uh, Homan Arnon. Yeah, no. sure. What? You're saying no? I don't know. Uh, Wimub. Candace. Ian Clark. Jennifer Coffinbarger. Uh, Lauren Villalorian. President. Woods, he's not the president. Victor Romero. Gordon Burnett. Joey Trashbags. <laughs> Thanks for being with us, Joe. Uh, L, like you, but five better. Timothy Doherty. Maiden from... Mladen. Mladen from Michigan. Vince Butler. I'm going to read them all the questions. Matthew Bits. <laughs> Joseph Lanter. Matthew <laughs> Asikanian. Very incredible. Andrew about French. All of you. Lieutenant Governor General Sir Christopher Chris Christopherson, Bonnie Luttrell. <laughs> and thank you to Lieutenant Kyle White, to Christy, to Jonathan Munoz, or Munoz, uh, Lieutenant Martin Thomas Couture, Jennifer Cable, Lieutenant Laura Kincaid, Lieutenant Larry, Brad Harris. Thank you to John Douglas Forrest, 
Thank you to Lieutenant Lansa. Jeffrey's hologram, please leave a message. John Dews, Ryan, Angel Cruz, Nathan Sweat, Lieutenant Christine Assad, Lieutenant Martha, Michelle Hanna, Kit Gates, Keats, Christopher L. Mitchell. Thank you to John Macy. Thank you so much to Rob Wisdom, John Matthews, Niles Endereg, Matthew Holmes, uh, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker, Lieutenant AJ, Lieutenant Miss J, Lieutenant MST3 Katie, <laughs> Archer Palms, a.k.a. Vertiginousness, um, vertin, vertin, Vertingousness, uh, Maddie Chappie. David. I, I could not help you there. I'm so sorry. No, it's it's, it's Vertingousness? Yes, okay. It's intentionally supposed to throw us off track. David Trucios, Trucios, um, Lieutenant Brenda Rexing, Lieutenant Zach Enberg, Lieutenant Natasha Harrison. Thank you to Husker Danny B. Thank you to Edward Sides. Thank you to Patrick. Thank you to Daniel Weiss or Weiss. Thank you to Lord Commander Daniel Bond, Isaac Boatset, Joel Ahrens. Alexander Markowitz, Mad Seb, Walter, Jeff McGregor, Mike Boonackley, Matt Evans, Sterling Moffat, the mediocre and average Doug, Hannah Silver, Jenkman, sorry, Jenkman, uh, Kerry Hunter, Jason Leach, Admiral Ambassador James <laughs> Holloway with diplomatic immunity. Almost an admiral. Thank you to Adam Ringland, Roberto, Kevin S. Brooks, Adam R. Murray, I, the cat, Shelly, queen of the Shellyac, Vassil, Jeffrey Maddox, George Porter, Katie Brozek. This this is really pumping along, this, this Star Trek Yeah, it's 16. exciting. Michael Parsons, Jess, friend of Dorana. Sorry, Star Trek. It's for Dungeons & Dragons and Sea Dragons. Dun- sorry. Dungongs and Sea Dragons podcast. That's okay. Uh, Grace Ellen Meixner. Oh, I like it. Viscount Von Pooh. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Matthew Tome. Uh, Thomas McGown. Jack Diamond. John Waggy. Team Pigeon Double Take. All right. A James Bonding fan. Ton Harmon. Garrett Avalar. Sean Heather Knight. Megan Brady Wright, Peter Goodwin, Matt Snyder, Scott Farley, Heath Korshing, Korshkin, uh, Gregory Durain, Durain, Darren. <laughs> oh, this is why are we broken right now? Friday night, Duncan Delp, Daniel Heron, Tamika Mitchell, Robert, Roberta Cat, Lieutenant Sean Moore, Sean Daly, MW, Sean Cameron, Andy Benton, Zach Smith, Seamus O'Toole, Darmok and Sinatra at the Sands, Trev Eliason, <laughs> uh, Patrick Reese, Eric Peoples, Jonah Brulette, David Kay, Jonathan Feller, Peter Ballard, Beth Baldwin, Nick Lenchner, Anthony Deacon, David Veenstra, Double Butt Stuff Oreos with two butts of stuff, John King, Tom Bondurant, Kelly Mix, I'm sorry, Kelly Sweetie, <laughs> Michael Rossi, <laughs> David Pinson and Stephanie Dyerson. Thank you to Derek Knighton, Carrick Jones, to J.R. Johnson, to Parker Davidson, to Lieutenant Zach McCullough, to Lieutenant Tanner Wilson, to Lieutenant Noah Sudret, to Lieutenant Commander, I believe, John Zates, to Lieutenant Brett LeBlond, to Sean Lyons, thank you. Thank you to Beep Boop, Boop Beep. <laughs> 
Thank you to Lieutenant Carolyn McNamara, to James McLaughlin, to Hyten, to Lieutenant Justine Adamek, to Lieutenant Philly G, to Lieutenant Rose Harless, to Lieutenant Adam, and to Lieutenant JP, uh, Lieutenant Brandon Teske. Thank you to Craig Little, Daniel Brown, Kevin Polly, Lieutenant Jeremy D, Lieutenant Stephanie Simmons, Adrian Kopp, uh, Kenny Meehan, Matt Fader, Timothy Cesarano, Theodore Zatazalo, Lieutenant Hampus Theander, Trevor Kozdrowski, Sam Pass, James Manero, Chris Yates, Paul Magnus Calabro, Kobaya Shimura. Kobayashi Maru. Oh, yeah. Forgot. Debbie Lemon. Mark Isseri. Mark Isseri. Uh, Patrick. Um, Steve Huss. Bob Blair. Catherine Gartner. David. Michael Collins. Matthew M. Columbus. Oh, Lieutenant- the late, great Mike Collins. My favorite astronaut. I know this is actually <laughs> Michael Collins and not the astronaut, but he just passed away this past week. And uh- We appreciate his family giving money to our Patreon. Uh, Matthew in, M. Columbus, in, Lieutenant in honor of Apollo Lunar <laughs> Module. I mean, sorry, P- Apollo Command mind. Module Pilot Michael Collins. In a small way, you're still supporting the space race. Uh, Lieutenant Nelson Helwig, Lieutenant Amy Pointer, Joe Lenzin, Sante Mastriana, Jeff Caramaza, Lieutenant Amy Gibbs, Chuck Credo, Laura Palma Blanford, Teddy Jordan, James Tuttle, Candy Lineup. Michael Shade, Brian Strobitz. And thank you to Corey Culbert, Jiminy Jillikers, Feldy Boomf, Bill and Ted Minutes, Cedron Law, Ed Mundy, Rambush, Miguel A. Moreta, Mikey Melton, Winston Stouffer, Leon Kassab, Adam Dodge, Pat E., Grant McGuire, Daniel Permit, Jonathan Anderson, Adam Sullins, Nick G, Molly Murphy White, Beth Clark, Julie O, Greg Lotta, the great and terrible Lizak, Jeffrey Barker, Adrian Bing Clark, Josh Moore, Roberto, Gwethelyn Williams, Christopher Montoya, John G, Cedric Clark, Nurse Ogawa's fifth line. Cue the music. I wish <laughs> I had it up, but I don't. I had so much earlier in our Sogawa fifth line key of the music. Lucas Swain, Preston Peterson, Jay from the ScienceDiv.com, the Tribble people. Uh, that's ScienceDiv.com, not the. Sarah Friedman, Rob, Michelle Fairbanks, Delphi Blues, uh, Elizabeth Story, David Fiola, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Igsha, Andrew McClure, JJ and Jess at Tanagra, the pizza good, Thomas, Jonathan Misner, and Denise Kupferschmidt, Dylan Ekmalian. Tara Hunter, Jeff Weiner, or Weiner. I'm going to go Weiner. Judge 3, 439, Nova Smith, Lieutenant Commander, Junior Grade, Andy Puckett, Head of Astrophysics. Still under review. Treston, sorry, Trenton Hoyt, <laughs> Darren Gleaton, uh, Edward Andres Acevedo. Mark Redenius, Steve Thomas. Thank you to Daniel St. Louis. Melody, the one in Australia. Kieran O'Sullivan, Ryan Hecht. Jerry Brown, Lieutenant Joel Greenbow, and the Sham Chamberlain. And the Sham Chamberlain? I think it's and the Sham Chamberlain. Uh, Amanda Goodwin, Kellen Adamson, Rutger Hauer, Tim Shields, Scott Watson, Lieutenant Amber Schmidt, Lieutenant Tom Hagopian, Lieutenant John Lynn, Kvart on Facebook and Instagram, The Dude Never Bowls, Specific Acting School Dropout. Come on, you got to come back. I know that I might have said some harsh things, but uh, I support all of you. <laughs> Jacob Reinhardt, 
Zachram, a werewolf with a Chinese alligator in his hand. That's completely weird. David Landau, Joe shall distance more. Hope you got your uh, your vaccines there, pal. Tim Collins, Tom Thomas Nettleton, Glenn Wakeley, Brian Rewinkle, Frederick Rombouts, Daryl the Animal, Noy, Lieutenant Catherine, Jeff the Human, and Maximus the Dog. How long can a profile name be? This long. Wow, this is longer than I would have expected. Good lord, the letters. Secunda! <laughs> Jesse Elliott, Tim Glover. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Dan Billing. Thank you so much to Lance Daniel Hepper, to Alexander Cruz, to Jonathan Sourshell, to Jonathan Leader, to Lieutenant JM, to Ted Marth, Joe Blow, and to profile name Joe Keir. Uh, Ian Werner, Joseph Matthew, Mike Roberts, Cody Stanley. Thank you to Stephen Cotter, to Andrew Brenneman, Don the Don Donson. That can't be his name, can it? No parent does that mean. Joel Klingeli, uh, Matthew Diedrich, Jeffrey Child, Rob Baptiste, Matthew L. To all the guys over at the T-Mobile store on 28th Street in Grand Rapids, welcome to the podcast, Wentz. Nice. Zach McGrath. I down. Uh, Catherine Novacek, John Turin, Alex D, Gleason, Joyce Hudson, Carmen DeHoog, Stephen Mc- McVicker, Aaron, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Erlinson, Andrew Reeves, Matt Dillon, Matt Smith, Matt Cutler. I'm abbreviating as a fellow Matt. Uh, Rob Sabin, J.C. Shaggy, Ugly Bag of Mostly Water, Matt Schaefer, Jeff Mills, Millie's President Preston Foster. No matter what Matt says, well, I say you are not the president. Risa, <laughs> uh, sorry, good God, Risa Kachuk, Simon Harper, Ryan Solo, Daniel Stenrid, Jason Inman, Trek Barnes, James Carrier, Sofa King, Cool, Mac, Wipert, Matt, Wipert, Jeez Louise, Chris Leopold, Christy Q., Ruler of the far-flung regions, master of the good versus bad pizza, holder of the sacred chalice of Jal- uh, Jalix. That's, that's nice. That's a good looks on a reference. Marcello Vita. One of my favorite, uh, my favorite stings in the uh, in the new Trek movie scores. Oh sure, Michael Giacchino. He can do it sometimes. Uh, Andy, I've lost my. Oh, uh, sorry. The specific actor trainee is attempting the Colford Starburst. Uh, Joe Sullivan, Jeff Jenkins, Wabish Kozak, <laughs> Peter Sheeran, Jeremy, Kip Corbett, CD, Seth J. Boudreaux, Jesse Tishinsky. What up, Jess? Uh, Andrew Polkrang, Aaron N., Jarrett, Sean Campbell, Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscle Ripley, Stalwart Neelix Defender, currently adrift in space, Mike Laban, Scott Bradley, Richard Craig, Brandon Callinger. Oops, sorry, my bag of ice is falling over. Uh, bag of mostly ice? Yep, it is now mostly water. Uh, bag of mostly ice. Andrew, where did I leave off? Did I leave I off at think, Andrew Michael uh, Barber Nathan the first? Haney. There you go. Richard Wilkinson. Nathan, Andy, read your name. Isn't that exciting? Alex Carrico. Andrew Michael Barber the first. Jason Brown. Ben Badenock. Secret theory, Andy actually has a girlfriend, but doesn't tell us because it would ruin the joke. Oh, he would tell us. If it was true before. <laughs> From on high, uh, he would tell for us. Certainly, last year, <laughs> there is, <laughs> there is, uh, could not be further from, uh, from a girlfriend. Gary Martinez, thank you to Nate Forrest. Thank you to CeCe Sadler. Uh, I'll take a friend at this point. 
Zach Kerr, Zach Wilson, Lieutenant Michael Howe, Tim Siebel, Kyle Thompson, Becca Shoemaker, Gareth Case, Jet Jurgens, Jesse Hendricks, Derek Hawkins, Robert Denton, Lieutenant Claire Powells, Lieutenant Colin McEwen, Lieutenant Eric Mon, The Interrupted Tales Podcast, Lieutenant Raymond, Lieutenant Dave Howe, Lieutenant Kathleen Guzman, Christopher P. Gill, a.k.a. the Chairman of the Borg, with Swagger, Carl Dath, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Adam H., Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Barry Wallace, Handiza Kunth, uh, Dan McLeod, Alexis Boussier, Grand Admiral Matuin, Kurt <laughs> Kelly, Keith Bodela, Kim Vilsack, Brett Parsons, Katie Campbell, Jerry Canavan, thank you to Fred Coppersmith, thank you to Vanilla Thunder, thank you Ryan, Not a Doctor Doom, Catface, Emily Eldred, C. Edwards, Kevin Cortecas, Ross the Headless Hunter Thompson, Gunner McLeod, <laughs> Herbert Urutia, Brandon Davis, Nat Richmond, Paul Brisk, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, Jillian Randles, Brett Jarrett, first recipient of the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, has been confirmed or denied. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Blake Pettit, Robert Olson, the Kimballs, Andrew Witzel, Mary Mack, and Lieutenant Derek Westover. Oh, and a thank you to Lizzie D, Tony Rido, Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, Richard Davis, Will Holsclaw, Jeff Mullins, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Lisa Gomez, Stevie Marie Nickel, Mallory Duke, Elena, Alan L, Jason, who thinks of Andy as my friend and Matt as my captain, Fair. Mark Mitchell, Sir Reginald Penny Bottom. You needed a friend earlier, Andy, and Jason I know, is here. I got one. Uh, Steve Harcourt, Katie, get the cheese to Sick Bay Whitestone, Paul Sharp, Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Cole, uh, Colbert, or Colbert, probably Colbert, Eric Rumfeld, Dan Costellic, Andrew Ingram, Chad Fate, Matt Weber, Andrew Gibson, Jason Werend, Tish Wheeler, Daniel Perez, Matt Brick, Kevin Brown. That was, oh, we're into the Voyager theme. Yeah, Amazing. Voyager theme. Ben Roach. William. I like this version. It's very. Smith. Mike Webster, heroic. the squire of Gothos. Thomas Peering. Brian Adams. Paul Carley. Kelly Coe. Queen Elizabeth of the House of Simpson. Scott Austin. Anders, the trial never ends. Peterson. <laughs> Claudia. <laughs> Brian Hellman. Karen Vanoff. Veronica Wisely. Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray. Mike Jones, Scott Burnett, Brett Euler, Stephen Small, Christopher Nagy, Derek Atkinson, Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, and Jeremy Miller. Thank you. Last page, my friends. Lieutenant James Baker, Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker. Frederick Roa, Lieutenant Jonathan Wentz, Lieutenant Martin Hedegard-Peterson, Lieutenant Jan Leppert, Lieutenant Lisa, Lieutenant Neil Studd Lambda One. Hope you're enjoying <laughs> in there in the holodeck. Lieutenant Carolyn Land, Lieutenant D.W., thank you to Whiskey Ben 77 to Chris Nedgewitz, Captain Crandall, Linnea Wynn, Shark Carbuncle, Cody Wappenkamp, uh, Brian McDonald, Chris Love, Ian Buckley, Tim Cullen, Tony King, Luke Morgan Rowe, Scott Lieberman, Alexander Perry, thank you to Diane M. Martin, Robin Larson, Katya Woolishin, Chad Mathis, Simon, Tyson Klein, one of 13 of Subjugation, Jeff. <laughs> Kelly Newman and our very good longtime loyal friend, Command Master Chief, Robert Garrison. 
It's in. If you want to know who joined the Patreon first, that is in reverse order of the people who joined first. Isn't that oh, crazy? Interesting. Wow, yeah. he was right there. Yep. So thank, thank you. you also, Kelly Newman, way to be number two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we just lost Kelly Newman on that one. <laughs> no, Kelly, come back. We're sorry. <laughs> thank you all so much for your support. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. So You're all our MVPs. You are enjoying this enough to support us. Keep enjoying it. Also. You're also enjoying it enough to listen to us four more times than you have to. Uh, <laughs> that's the biggest. That's the biggest gift of all. The rest of you have to listen to us four times. The yeah. other ones, it's elective. You don't have to. <laughs> all right, everyone. Andy and I are going to retire to our separate studies and reconvene in the hallway tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matter Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.